The incomparable is sponsored by General Motors. People building transportation to serve people. The incomparable. Number 226. December 2014. Welcome back to The Incomparable, everybody. I'm your host, Jason Snell. We are here to talk about Star Wars. This is the latest in our series of episodes detailing exciting things in the Star Wars universe. And for those of you tuning in to listen to our incisive commentary of Star Wars Episode 3, well, you're going to have to wait until 2015 because this is our episode about the Star Wars Holiday Special. There, I said it. Joining me tonight are (laughs) B. Arthur. <laughs> Harvey Corbin. Can I be B. Arthur? Can I please? The voice of James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. <laughs> and the following people Dan Morin. Oh Hi, Jason. I regret everything, but happy life day. Happy left- life day. Erica Ensign. I love B. Arthur. I don't care what anybody says. I, I have, that's I, my start. I, I have thoughts about B. Arthur. We will get to them. Steve Lutz. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Happy Life Day, Jason. Or as we Wookiees say. Yep. David Lore. Hello. <laughs> Happy Life Day, Jason. Monty Ashley. He's already beaten down. <laughs> I'm, I'm already gone. <laughs> He's a broken man. <laughs> Hi, Monty. The Force bless us, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Sindelar. Happy Life Day, Jason. What's so happy about it? And, of course, no conversation about Star Wars would be complete. I cannot believe he's actually here. It's John Syracuse. Like R2-D2, I will play myself. <laughs> it's a life day miracle. Oh, excellent. Yeah, what is, what is the deal with that? We get Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. Yeah, no, R2-D2 is R2-D2. C-3PO. But... And James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader. I think because it's a remote-controlled R2-D2. It's a remote-controlled Darth Vader, too. They don't need Kenny Baker in this can every single shot yeah just when he shakes back and forth he's the one guy who had the standard it had didn't have it in this contract that he was forced to especially since all these union ads running over the program you think they would have a little more respect for the screen actors guild have we all considered that that maybe kenny baker had the best lawyer among any of these people (laughs) take my name off this thing you're suggesting (laughs) and alan smithy as r2d2 I propose the people with the best lawyers are can be judged by the inverse to the number (laughs) amount of screen time they have so let me explain something here. The Star Wars Holiday Special aired in 1978. It aired once and it was never seen again, <laughs> except for one thing. And and, and uh, this is the thing. If this had aired a few years earlier, before there were uh, lots of people with VCRs, it might have been uh, successfully buried. But as it was, some people were like, hey, I like Star Wars. I'll record it. And those tapes got digitized and put on YouTube. Stop circulating the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> And you can find it in many places, despite the fact that nobody wants you to see it. Um, Those people are your (laughs) friends. However, we all watched it. Did we all watch it, people? Oh, yes. More than once. Mm, I wish I could fake having watched it. Yeah. And uh, and now we're here to talk about it. We're here to talk about the Star Wars Holiday Special. It aired in 1978, two hours long, because, you know, most beloved holiday specials, maybe a half an hour, Charlie Brown special or something. No. Two hours. Let's do two That's hours. That's certainly part of why they're beloved, and this is not. Had this been con- compressed down to 30 minutes, it might be less Nope. Low. Nope. Well, <laughs> well, if you take out all the footage from Star Wars, it probably could be half an hour. <laughs> Apparently, it was supposed to be an hour, but CBS was so excited by it, and all the advertisers were so excited by it, that they kept selling ad time, so they had to expand it. The pantyhose so, people insisted it be two hours? The unions insisted <laughs> Well, no, CBS people? insisted on yeah. that. 
blame capitalism. Yeah. Well, General Motors really, really put their muscle behind it. Their the international garment, women's garment. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember what the name of that title is. International Ladies Garment Union Workers, yes. workers Union. Look for the union labor. That's right. Not the men's garment <laughs> union. Screw them. Ladies garment only. Yeah, but the ladies garment union was run by a man, if you recall. Yeah. <laughs> well, come on. It's 1978. <laughs> <laughs> Women just got the vote, I think. <laughs> Women were in charge of buying Fruit of the Looms. Jason, we lost the rails already. I put forth that if we if we were if we had recalled, if more people had seen this video and and were aware that this had been sponsored by General Motors, uh, we perhaps wouldn't have been quite so quick to bail them out a few <laughs> yeah. years back. But but Steve, they build transportation. They're people building transportation. Serve people. It's That's also true, possible yeah. that if more people have seen this, we would not have had any subsequent Star Wars movies. It is, it, that is also possible. Yeah, I, I get the idea here, which is like, hey, first off, hey, everybody, we were caught flat-footed by the success of Star Wars and didn't even have toys for last Christmas. So this year, we're not going to make any mistakes. We're going to have toys everywhere <laughs> uh, you know, that are better than Unfortunately, all you did was make mistakes. <laughs> and, and we're going to do a <laughs> holiday special, and we're going to cash... In. John Syracuse, do you have an opening statement, by the way? Because we should get that out of the way now. I do. I mean, it could just, <laughs> it could just, as, well, it could just as well be a closing statement. Really, it's just yeah, a it's statement. Just a statement. It's, it's uh, brief. Here we go. Um, it, until this podcast, Jason, I had intentionally never watched the Star oh, Wars Holiday no. Special. Well, I knew what it was. Same here. Yeah, third here. I'd heard people talk about it. I'd seen a few clips, but I had never watched the entire thing. I mean, why? Why would I? Right. And so if you're a Star Wars fan and you're considering watching the Star Wars Holiday Special, like ironically, thinking maybe it'd be a funny way to spend uh, an evening with some friends, my advice to you is to stop. No. Turn Th- back. That advice also can. applies just to people. Like if you're just yes. a person. Well, no, I think the Star Wars Star Wars, <laughs> the Star Wars Holiday Special is plenty worthy of ridicule, but it's also boring, incoherent. Yeah. And most importantly, if you are a Star Wars fan, it will hurt you. It will reach down into deep secret places inside you and stab them with a thousand tiny lightsabers. All right, if this podcast is Jason's strategy to make yes. Revenge of the Sith seem better when we watch it next mm-hmm. year, I gotta say, I think it might actually work. I gotta say, it's bad enough to make Star Wars bad. We all knew Star Wars could be made bad, but to make it boring, to John's point, I think is the greater mm-hmm. crime. Well, they managed it later with episode two, that's for sure. Yeah, that's definitely this true. Is, this, is, this is just the first inkling of that. Two hours. Two hours?! I didn't know it was two hours when I saw the little, oh, yeah. little number, the, the time stamp at the at the end of the little progress bar when I'm watching this on my computer. <laughs> That's a foreboding time stamp, isn't it? I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had it queued up thinking it was an hour and a half, and that, would, that turned out that I had to skip through some of the commercials. <laughs> the commercials are the best part. Sorry, advertisers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting my money, GM. Yes. If if you if you must watch this and you and you were live in the seventies, the commercials are the only redeeming value. Yeah. I watched some mm-hmm. of them, but yeah, a lot, uh, I had to skip through to make it on time. I too have a quick opening statement. Oh, okay, Steve. I, I think it's important for the for the young people in the crowd who may not have been alive in the nineteen seventies to put this show in context <laughs> a little bit. Explain the 70s to us, please, Steve. Well, you have to understand that in the 1970s, a show like this, meaning a variety show with awful sketches and uh, awful music and, uh, and, and just strung together by some completely half-assed framing device, was very, very common. These shows were yeah. all over the mm-hmm. dial in 1978. In the course of this show alone, if you, if you watch the one with the commercials, you saw advertising for Lucy Comes to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Vinton's Rock and Rollers. It's like oh, Grease yeah. on Wheels. With special guests Penny Marshall. Yeah, and, wheels um, in Grease already. <laughs> I don't know. It's like those wheels on other wheels, Monty. 
I know, yeah. Like, are, are you defending this because you were in one of these things? Just wait. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> Every week, Donnie and Marie would come out in, in all of their um, resplendent Mormon glory and sing and ice skate. And this was just, this is what we watched in the 70s. So it's really, I mean, this particular type of show is not that unusual. That yeah. said, it is it is honestly a little bit awe-inspiring how badly they managed to screw the pooch with this thing. <laughs> I'm not even mad. The stupid is kind of impressive. Star Wars was basically a world obsession at the time this thing came out. They had a huge amount of goodwill behind them. And then they had that the whole rich Star Wars universe to work with. And then even setting aside the possibility that they could only get a couple of hours with the Star Wars actors total... You would be hard-pressed to find dumber ways to fill the remaining mm-hmm. time. <laughs> you know what no Star Wars fan was asking for in 1978? I can name a few things. Harvey Corman in drag. Diane Carroll. A B. Arthur modal nodes mashup is one of them. Yeah. Art Carney humiliating himself, rehashing decades-old shtick was definitely on the list of things no Star Wars fan was asking for. Bizarrely animated Canadian cartoons by the people who brought you the Care Bears. You're welcome. <laughs> and certainly not a full 45 minutes of Wookiees waving their arms around and going, dug, dug, dug. Yep. <laughs> not a soul was asking no. for this. So so I think we'll, we'll step through what, what is here. But uh, at the top, I, something that kept, uh, when Lauren and I were watching this, that, we, that, that kept coming up is, why, why would you choose, of the central point of your holiday special, of all people to choose, why would you choose the alien race that is just a big furball that can't speak? Jason, easy, because then you don't have to write a script. <laughs> hey, 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 they can speak, man. They just don't speak English, you racist. We just can't understand them. That's, that's true. Good point. Fair point, Canada. Now, <laughs> Canada leads two points to one. I believe that was, unfortunately, George Lucas's idea and contribution to this. Yes. Before, before the show even starts, I got to point out, it's, it's, it's first crime if you've watched the new WHIO transfer of this thing, which is in, in much better shape than any of the other ones that have come out. Um, you discover that the first crime of this thing was that it preempted Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk. I know, I know. Two <laughs> far better hours of television than what this turned out to be. I kind of object to the idea of watching it on a good transfer. (laughs) This thing's only value when it had one was that it was on a terrible 12th generation VHS tape that you had to buy from the sketchy booth at the back of the comic book convention. It did remind me a little bit of my old days of watching Doctor Who off of, you know, PBS recordings on EP. Yeah, when you had to work for it, it was something, but... So, oh... (laughs) (laughs) i don't actually have an opening statement but i would like to sort of characterize my comments here i i watched it for the first time yesterday and i'm using the word watched kind of loosely because it happened and you were there i was told that it was bad and so i decided i would i would need a little assistance to get through it and that assistance was from a fellow (laughs) named jameson yes and uh, (laughs) and he assisted quite a lot Yes. He's a very helpful fellow. You, you and your husband, you you had your husband watch this with you too. Stephen watched this with you too. <laughs> yes. So I'm bringing we're we're bringing families together. And, oh. and you're still married. <laughs> yeah, we so are. So far, honestly, I think we're closer than ever after <laughs> yeah. going through that experience <laughs> well, together. Well, like yeah. any great tragedy, psychic trauma it bonds that way. <laughs> it's like going through war together. Yep. So I I did spend a good amount of time tweeting about it. I think I may storify all of my tweets just to collect mm. them later for later. <laughs> um, and. 
I think if I had been sitting there watching it sober and and being forced to pay close attention to it, I would be very, very angry. <laughs> mm. But in the end, it ended up being lots of fun. Yay. So thanks, Jason. Oh, you're welcome. You're very welcome. Hey, next um, time, just just try drinking without the Star Wars holiday special. It's much better that way. <laughs> it's even more fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My opening statement is, why, Jason? Why do you hate us? <laughs> This concludes my opening statement. Well, okay, thank you. I, I, I it's not, it's because uh, it's a, uh, it's the holiday season. Life Day is coming up, and I thought that this would be an appropriate. This way is the to, worst uh, Life Day present ever. Uh, yeah, no, it's also the best though. So, shouldn't Life Day be Thanksgiving, not Christmas? This thing aired in November. All right, maybe. Oh, I, I have some <laughs> theories about Life Day, but we'll get to that Ooh. too. Perhaps no, <laughs> oh, they're not that good. Oh. Don't get that. Don't get excited. So, at the at the beginning, we after the sponsor logo, we get the uh, the. Uh, what I really love, the circle with the cast being read out by a, very ponderously by a narrator. That's really good. Classic. On the Star Wars Holiday Special, Harrison Ford as Han Solo. By the way, at this point, I want to point out as part of my opening statement that uh, although John Syracuse has never seen the Star Wars Holiday Special before, all of his uh, his strategy in our TV draft, our character draft, was based around this particular version of Han Solo being drafted by him. <laughs> so it's not a so- version of Han Solo. It is Han Solo played by the same actor. Uh, yes. <laughs> Doing but not these written things. by the same people. Uh, so in every episode of, of, of John's made-up TV show, Han Solo is really just trying to hug Chewbacca. That is what's... In going. the same way that they had the same actor play the same character in a different movie, say Empire Strikes Back, he didn't have to act like yeah. this. Yeah. Is it legal to pick a guy for your TV draft when you haven't even seen the thing? I think this invalidates his show to be honest. <laughs> you don't have to have watched the shows. That's not a rule. Okay, we're doing all the drafting over again. All right. The whole podcast is invalidated. I think I think that's right. I think now this podcast never existed. We have we... to delete everything going back to that episode. I think Wookie, I think Wookiees don't exist after this show here. The Wookiees are fictional. Sorry. Yeah, they actually don't exist, John. So my first note here is uh, as we as we visit uh uh, the planet of the Wookiees, Kashik, Kish- is that right? Yeah, although they can't pronounce it in the show, that's for sure. Kazook. Canonically, Kazook. That nothing made me more angry. Yeah. Uh, and Han, Han and Chewie are trying to get back, flying dangerously through lots of stock footage from the previous movie. It the should only be said, movie. by the way, before yes. we go, before we, we pass up the whole Kazook thing, yes. apparently the script actually contained Kazook. Mm. <laughs> So it's it's possible that that was the original name of the well, that Wookie was, planet. Again, it was racist who couldn't pronounce it properly. Oh, that brings up an interesting point. Before, like in the, the context of this thing, what was the budget for this? Like, was it just they were they were they didn't have enough there money for someone budget. to like? It wasn't high enough. I mean, it seems like it must have been big because it's two hours yeah. of television. Yeah, it's got it's got it, name actors. It was in like three Wookie three Wookie suits and. I think it was yeah, too there's, high. There's sets, I, yeah. but like, but, they, but anyway, like they didn't have enough budget to check the spelling and pronunciation of the Wookie home planet. Well, did did it have a name at this point? Maybe yeah. this was the first instance of of the use of the name of the Wookiee yeah. planet. It's supposedly the first use of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, so it my, is Kazook. My googling of it turned up a comment on Wikipedia which said they do pronounce it Kazook in the Star Wars Holiday Special, which is canonical. So we should probably consider that. <laughs> Aw, isn't that sweet? The saddest of the sad. Canonical, my ass. Interesting. Interesting. That Dan was quoting from a translation of Wikipedia, by the way. The original page just went. <laughs> 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 quick, 
quick question in the opening uh, opening circles with the announcements mm-hmm. was that when we we saw that we were going to be seeing Chewbacca's wife and father and son and stuff? his wife Mala. Okay, yes, mm-hmm. that's what I thought because yeah, my his first father note, Itchy, my my first note, uh, my and his note, son Lumpy. Lumpy is just the word Lumpy in capital <laughs> letters with a question mark. <laughs> and again, Lucas apparently named them. That so. does not surprise me. Uh, and Itchy, you skipped right over yeah. Itchy and went to Lumpy. George Lucas is not known for naming things well, no. nor are <laughs> later in later editions where he lets his kid yeah. he, he lets his kids name things in some of the prequels too, which also doesn't go particularly well. Ooh, I believe later writers have given them longer names, so Itchy is short for something. The way Chewy is short for Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah Itchbacca. Yeah. Lumpaka. Yeah. <laughs> Lumpaka. <laughs> I'm sure that's it. That is technically a better name. So, <laughs> Eric, at, at, that same, at, at that same point in the special, my note is, poor Chewbacca, this is where he gets all of his character background in this. <laughs> this is it. This is your time to shine, Chewbacca. Oh, sorry. I was thinking they were labeling him as kind of an absentee father. Yeah, and yeah I Because he's never there. Like, he's always off doing things. And he's got this family back home, and, like, they're looking at his picture. They stare longingly at his holographic picture. And this is why. <laughs> yeah. You, you know he'll be home for Christmas, son. He never misses a Christmas. Every other day of the year, yes, but... Yeah, exactly. I mean, would would you go back if your entire life were the Star Wars holiday special? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, In fact, there's Lord. a moment when Han's like, okay, hey, Chewie, I, I, hugged your, <laughs> I hugged your friends and your family, and now I'm going to go back to the Millennium Peace. Vulcan. See ya! And I'm like, Han, you're like, you're, they're like family to you. Why don't you stay and eat the whatever turkey Bantha. replicants Bantha. Bantha. they have? Apparently Bantha, Bantha. is delicious. They yeah, ship Bantha, it all the sure, way out to a different planet. Oh, sure, yeah. you can have a stuffed Bantha. You can actually have one with stuffing in it. There's, It's I a just, versatile creature. I would like to point out that if your option is hanging out with Hansel and the Millennium Falcon or living under Imperial rule well, with yeah. your three, you know, angry family members. Living a Ralph McQuarrie <laughs> painting, though, so that's not bad. And now a brief break to tell you about one of our sponsors, In Song. This carol is brought to you by Igloo Software. Visit igloosoftware.com slash incomparable to learn about Igloo, the intranet you'll actually like. Built with easy-to-use apps like blogs, calendars, file sharing, tasks, and more. It's widget-based and drag-and-drop-based, so you'll have no problem branding and configuring it. I'm dreaming of a new internet Just like the tools I use at home Where the comments Listen, and your boss says, listen, as you share gifts of Santa working from home. Working from home. I'm dreaming of a fun internet with every blog post that I write. May your days be productive and bright. With an intranet, you'll actually like. So go visit igloosoftware.com slash incomparable. And thank you to Igloo for that lovely song. Who are those singers? Really good voices.
So anyway, there, there's a point where where Han is like, "You're like a family to me, but I'm out of here. See you later." And he's and because I gotta go, I didn't. I parked the Millennium Falcon at a at a yellow curb. I gotta get it. I gotta go. <laughs> and then and then there's a moment where uh, Chewba- Chewbacca, after like a minute in the room, starts like facing the door. And I thought, no, is he is he just gonna leave now too? And he's like, well, <laughs> I was the awkward I, I back it. and Goodbye. forth shots between him and his wife, where they keep panning to one. And then the other, yeah, and then the other is like, so expressive. Uh, uh, I gotta go. Well, and the result of that is they end up sniffing each other, which is even more odd. <laughs> they didn't have the animatronics to do a kiss. The very, very first shot we got of the Wookiees, actually, my husband, Stephen, had tried to watch this before, and he thought he got about three minutes into it before he gave up. And this time, this time, so we're watching the opening credits and stuff, the very first shot we get of the Wookiees just sort of yelling at each other across this room with grass on the floor. He goes, yeah, this is pretty close to where I bailed. (laughs) It's not grass. It's shag carpet. Yeah, that's the thing. With the the Wookiee noises, they're not the same as the movie Wookiee. I mean, I guess maybe they didn't have a bird on but they are are substantially... Yeah, more they're annoying. More, they're more just straight up animal noises, like they're just bear noises. And but they're, but some they're of them are layered. reused. Some of them are reused Chewbacca stuff. But Lumpy's yeah. is just incomprehensible. It's, it's just yeah. it's unpleasant. It's unpleasant to listen to. The eyes in the Lumpy costume compared yeah, like, when put up next. Yeah, to, fine. Super. By, by far the worst instance of Wookiee talk in this is when uh, Mala is watching her cooking show and uh, Harvey Corman in blackface and drag says yeah. hello, <laughs> and Mala responds. <laughs> okay, we'll get so we'll bad. get there, but we're we're still in the opening <laughs> credits, so I want to point out Beatrice, Ar- Beatrice Arthur, Art Carney, Diane Carroll, Jefferson Starship, and I thought that's perfect casting. Yeah. They got a starship. There's a starship in the movie. It's Jefferson perfect. Airplane, forget it. No, they would not be on. <laughs> no, or just Starship. I guess that might even be better because then there would be no Jefferson. Harvey Corman and an animated story that introduces Boba Fett. The hilarious thing about that opening narration is the when the guy introduces the cartoon, which is the last thing in his list of things he's talking about. Yeah, he he sounds confused about the cartoon. <laughs> in a I'm cartoon, about the an animated short. <laughs> now, Jason. But- when you went through the opening credits, you made the same mistake the producers of the show made. You skipped the Star Wars people. Well, yeah. This so, thing also has Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Sure. Sort of. We're trying barely. to forget that. <laughs> and R2 as himself. As himself, yeah. And the voice of James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. And Peter Mayhew. felt bad for Kenny Baker. Yeah. And David Prowse, but, you know, he doesn't get a credit. No. Eat it, David. I'm, it was not David Prowse under there. Are you kidding? <laughs> Well, it was it was it, uh, been, it was footage from the Star Wars film. Yeah, with new oh, James right. Earl Jones narration footage over it. with dubbed in, yeah, dubbed in dialogue. Right, right. that's why I'm asking about budget. There's so much reused footage in oh, this. Yeah. Just any time they could, they did. It, they could have used more. Yeah, <laughs> like the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, like if, if it was just fifty yeah. fifty, I feel like I could have dealt with it a lot better. <laughs> Like remember back when when we you know yeah. New Hope well that like, happens at the week. end we do we do yeah. have the Star Wars is seen from Chewbacca's perspective flash which is totally nonsense outside of his body <laughs> perspective yeah. later remember that time we walked into like you know the place where he parked our ship good times yeah good times totally and then there was that old guy and he died and I, I scared that mouse droid that was huge and I remember that time that that little uh, alien ran underneath the legs of that big hairy guy but I wasn't actually there but I remember that for some reason <laughs> they told me about it. Remember that time of the Millennium Falcon flying, but as seen from outside the Millennium Falcon? (laughs) When you're in the Millennium Falcon, you spend a lot of time thinking, I bet this looks really cool from outside. (laughs) 
So so we're, we visit the Wookiee home, and there's a there's a matte painting, and it's we linger on it for a very long time. This entire thing, <laughs> they get their money's worth out of that painting, yeah. which looks which looks like I don't even know what. Like like a, a cutscene from the Super Friends or something. It's just it's a, not even it's not even really matte painting. It's a brown space mountain stacked on top of an upside down brown space mountain. Yeah, no, no, attached it's the early to version of the Ewok village. Yeah, uh, and the Wookies are doing Wookie things, but there's still a sort of human like bowl of cookies out, which I thought was interesting. That they have a hard time, you know, picking up the cookies because they've got the big Wookie hands. <laughs> and I noted to myself, I, I like the Wookies. I always was predisposed to like the Wookies because we met Chewbacca, and he's a very friendly kind of character. And as this went on for a few minutes, I thought, I now do not like the Wookies so much. No, they're terrible. They're, they're <laughs> terrible. They're not cute. They're annoying. And like I, I have in my notes, seven minutes in, and still just terrible people grunting at me in suits. You know, just Wally like, gets mm-hmm. Wally gets praised for its thirty minutes right. of dialogueless <laughs> beginning. It, it's considered a masterpiece well you know the star wars holiday special after han and chewie are on the screen we get we get like that's a network tv show from the 70s where there's like 10 minutes where all there are are hairy people in like hair suits grunting and there's no dialogue the only thing worse than the dialogue in this is the lack of dialogue scenes (laughs) (laughs) thank you oscar wilde Yeah, I have Whoa. I have in my notes in my notes watching for the first time I have a thing that says extended Wookiee family scene. Really? This is what yeah. I'm getting myself into? And then like seven minutes later I have another note that says, Okay, I thought it was ridiculously extended several minutes ago and now I think I've taken some bad acid. They could have Can at I... least hired Shields and Yarnell or something to like be interesting mimes in Wookiee suits, but <laughs> They didn't even go that far. You guys should really see the special edition of the holiday special. It's just, <laughs> yeah, he, he went back and made it made it the way he really always wanted it to be. In the, yeah, there's a lot more Hayden Christensen. The, the Wookie the Wookie household is really really depressing too. I mean, the lighting is dim. <laughs> The flooring apparently was laid by the same people that make miniature golf courses. Yes. I thought that doesn't make any sense for a jungle. Like like thick green carpeting. It's like that's shag carpeting. Be... It's the seventies. Come on. But it's but it, they're in the jungle. It's gonna like soak in moisture. Like that's gonna smell worse than Chewbacca. I like that the whole thing looks like Archie Bunker Bunker's living room. Speaking of soaking <laughs> oh, yeah. in moisture, there is no toilet in evidence in the Wookiee household. No. So they, there's well, a good chance out, it's gonna be a tree on the outside, porch. Steve. What do you want? Wookie <laughs> in the woods? <laughs> What if it's not a carpet? It's just the result of Wookiees molting and then mold growing up over it. That is more terrifying than the idea of a smelly carpet. Also, the the decor in this house is really inconsistent. You you expect the Wookiee house to be like all carved out of the, the tree. And there's there's like this natural wood table that does look like it was hacked right off the side of an oak. And then there are all these sh- these shiny engineered hardwood floors. Yeah. And and honey oak modular bookcase units that look like they came from Wookiee IKEA. It's imperial technology, Steve. That that's what they brought to the Wookiees when they t- when they took them over and crushed them under their tyrannical boot is a uh, is a uh, flat pack furniture. And and, from and by the way, it's IKEA. from it's from Wookiee. Thank Wookie. you. Wookiee. Yes. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> Very good. That's really shameful of the Empire to name the store after the <laughs> conquered people. Yeah, isn't, it, isn't that where Art Carney works? <laughs> yeah, it pretty much is. So so after five minutes of that in my notes, I just wrote, let the Wookiees win. <laughs> <laughs> in my notes, I have when the, the, the kid Wookiee, when Mr. Lumpy was uh, walking on the banister outside on that terrible <laughs> blue screenshot, I just have, oh, please fall, oh, please fall. Yes. <laughs> let the Wookiees die. That's foreshadowing. There's no explanation for it, though. 
He oh, walks on it, and you're like, oh, my God, he might fall, he might fall. And then they cut back, and like later on, he's like, oh, I'm back at well, home. It's to show that they're terrible parents. They don't pay attention to where uh, this kid is going. This, yeah. this special is not about explanations. No. <laughs> I watched this with my kids, and both of them, I mean, after about 10 minutes of this, the, the older one said, now, why are we watching this again? <laughs> do it on the internet. We all ask that question. And, yeah. and he said, I'm going to have to question all of you people's life choices. I went, okay. <laughs> That's what life day, is life day is all about. <laughs> That's right. And and so it gets to the point where he's where, where Lumpy's walking on the the thing and and he's sitting there going fall fall fall. <laughs> Lumpy is yeah, not is not personable. He doesn't make you like him. No. And you know after no. this like what seven or eight minutes of just seeing these people grunt and wandering around the house <laughs> that I'm not interested in, I, it, it occurred to me that you know sometimes we joke that Lucas doesn't know what was good about Star Wars. This thing looks like it was made by someone who doesn't know what Star Wars is. I don't think they'd see. No, I think this, these are variety show producers who had like they had no never idea. seen Star Wars. Yeah. No, idea. suffice it to say, there's a war and there's stars. Go. The hilarious thing is nobody else in the house likes Lumpy either. Every time he walks <laughs> into the room, Grandpa tries to bite him. His mom is yelling at him. He's not likable. Everybody just hates that kid. Have you looked at the credits for the screenwriters for this thing? Yeah, there's yeah. five yeah, of them. Yeah, like seven people took to like, make this. One of them it's is Bruce Pat- Valanche. Bruce, Bruce Valanche. Valanche did yes. some work. There's Pat Proft, who wrote Real Genius. Real Genius. And a oh, Jason. Oh, Jason. Police Jesus. Academy. And, and Brain Donors and Naked Gun. And Naked Gun. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question. I just have a question. He wrote the good Why, parts. <laughs> when the Wookiees don't seem to really go in for the whole clothes things, except for aprons. Aprons. Aprons and bandoliers. Let's be like. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to get their uh, fur dirty. You don't want flour in your fur. <laughs> but you know what? I was really concerned about the quality of the fur, the food and fur in the, I felt like she needed more than a hairnet. Like, like, like a, a hairnet. She needed a like body net. If, 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 if humans need a hairnet, what, do, what does a Wookiee need to prepare food? A body net. <laughs> Body stocking. Oh, yeah, like sir, arm net. Like I, yeah. the, there was there was some arm hair going right into that to that bumper. <laughs> that's that's what makes it flavorful. Oh, <laughs> maybe that's part of a Wookiee's healthy diet. Yeah, it's it's fiber. Um, anyway, the, the, the computer is checking for starships in range, which uh, lit, leads to it, Luke popping up and saying, "Oh, hi! I didn't see you there. <laughs> I'm just here fixing my X-wing or something with my orange suit on." <laughs> That computer that runs a is basically an Atari twenty six hundred first of yeah. all, and has four special effects. <laughs> well, no, it's it's running a, a color demo soft from the Apple II system master disc. Pew 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 pew. It takes forever for anything to display on that thing because it has to run through that crazy animation. Well, it's got to finish the game of Snake before it can load in. <laughs> no, seriously, that screensaver, I recognize it. It was it was on the disc that came bundled with my Apple II Plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Luke shows up, it really feels like his bit was recorded. On a separate day. At gunpoint. And that's why it's shocking to me when he actually shows up at the end. And you realize they had Mark Hamill the whole time and said, he's the star of the movie or something. Uh, the kids will be fine. Just give him one scene at the beginning. And, and make sure he wears eyeliner. Eyeliner yeah, is really important. Lots of eyeliner and pancake makeup. Yes. Yeah, well, I think it's, so. They they work. Was this after his accident? It's yeah, right that's what I was wondering. Yeah, because uh, yeah. like right you look after. at his face and it does look like they've like his nose looks fake. It, his hair got into shots. an accident too. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was called the, that was called the eighties. That's that's clearly a wig. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's not his real hair. At some point, he looks straight into the camera, and I think he's blinking something in Morse code. Nah. And I felt for him. <laughs> like it was, as painful as it was to watch the Wookies when Luke appears. That's the first big stab to your heart because you, you can't deny now that this is actual legitimate Star Wars. Like he appears in. 
the screen. You're like, no. no. <laughs> it's true. It's really true. It's sad how uh, much worse he is in this than he is when he appears on The Muppet Show in a couple of years. <laughs> well, and I, you can't blame all of it on Mark Hamill either. I mean, he's clearly being, he's clearly a hostage here. Well, yeah, you he's, know? he's, he, and he's just given the dialogue to make excuses for Han and Chewie. He's like, oh, yeah, an asteroid storm held them up. Uh, yeah, but don't he's got worry. A smoke machine. He hasn't missed a life day yet. And I agree that whoever said he was recorded separately, like, he, this is clearly, he has nothing to talk to. Like, this is basically no. presaging the whole, like, episode one prequels thing where it's like all right you're basically acting against a blue screen right here so just give us some lines it was an episode of lassie but lassie's not there yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then he hangs up and i, I like that when he hangs up the tv loses reception as if he's he's like uh you got to hit the side of it to get it back in focus <laughs> like that's a strange way to hang up uh off of the slot machine or whatever it is that they're watching him on because it looks like a wait wait, wait you skipped over the the uh the attempt to entertain lumpy with the uh the the, the <laughs> oh, uh, Cirque, eight tape deck Cirque table. du Soleil the yeah. fruitiest dance oh, yeah, number the in the history of the galaxy it, yes. you're that up, that's, that's the first time you know like so this is where we're at with this thing this is what, <laughs> this is what it's gonna be you see the table with the tape deck sticking out of it and then these guys yes. start dancing on it and it's your first sign that that they didn't have this diagnosis back then, but I'm pretty sure Lumpy has ADD. So so the table the tape deck <laughs> thing basically you can play the chess where the monsters attack each other, or you can have um, dancers in brightly colored leotards jump around while a strange like clown monster uh, <laughs> watches them. So yeah, you know. merciless, right? Yeah, pretty much. Liberace would watch this thing and say, "Jesus, that's flamboyant." Yeah, that's a little <laughs> over the top. Costumes by Bob Mackie. <laughs> yes. Thank God it has the cutting edge technology of cassette tapes, though, because yeah. I think those might be eight tracks. You, you have to press record on all of them at once. That's some yep. good music. That, it was really good music. It's true. So uh, th- we go to the trading post, which is uh, man- <laughs> manned by uh, TV's Edward Norton from The Honeymooners, Art Carney. Sondan, a trader. He's got many interesting objects, including a pocket-sized aquarium. Da 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 da. da. I feel like he was more professional than most of the other people, other actors up to this point. I was relieved oh, sure. to see someone actually putting his standard amount of effort into what is obviously a terrible. <laughs> also speaking English. Troll. Well, you yeah, have no idea what the people in the suit's plus. standard level of effort is. Yeah, the guy with the, the imperial officers. They might have just been extras, crew members, <laughs> whoever they were, whoever was around that day. Yeah, I don't those know, guys the dancer in those crazy trippy boots was uh, doing a great job. Oh, yeah, they were putting it all out there. Yeah, <laughs> They can put it right back. <laughs> the kids looked at Art Carney and they, they go, wait, he's wearing a vest. Is is that Han Solo's dad? <laughs> Steven said the same thing. <laughs> Within five minutes, it's like, Ed Norton is Han Solo's dad. That's it awesome. Be. It's never addressed directly. Also, mm-hmm. one, the one thing that his store does not apparently sell is buttons for his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you beat me to it, Oh, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe buy one button for the store. Just, just one. Save us. Oh, well, I figured when he's living among the Wookiees, perhaps he just has, feels like he has to show off the chest hair. He's like, I'm furry, too. It's okay. Well, he does have a thing for uh, Chewie's wife, I think. We see that later. Oh, yeah. yeah that's a little creepy. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I think he has a thing for anything female. She has needs. Yeah. And he and Chewie's not around. <laughs> so we don't know anything about how... Uh, how the Wookiees conduct this part of their lives. Well, we know he's substantially less hairy thanks to his lack of shirt buttons, so maybe she's into <laughs> that. I don't know. Possible. My favorite thing in his little store is uh, is he's showing the uh, the Imperial soldier, the groomer, mm-hmm. and he explains that you can recharge it by plugging it into any ordinary laser outlet. Yes. 
So now you know it's a space thing because it's, yeah. space, it's, it's a space nose hair trimmer. It basically. probably costs space dollars too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> space oh, credits, man. credits. That's okay, but the Imperials just take it. Any space USB port. I did not understand why that guy was there wearing that hat. It was like that's a Death Star gunner. He's lost. He's so lost. <laughs> He's on his leave. Mustache is not regulation, and you know. that's what he needs the groomer for. Yeah. Also, these Imperial guys try try to basically uh, put a, put forward the theory that why the Empire is bad is because it's full of grumpy people. Like <laughs> it's just they're all in a bad mood and they're a little bit rude and a little bit grumpy. Like all of them to to a member, all the Imperials are just like you're not a very pleasant person. You don't need to be like that. You should if be. If they just sit down and watch Starship videos from time to time, they'd all be happy. You've hit on one of the only things I like from a Star Wars standpoint about this holiday special, which is. We see the Empire actually being bad. Yes. They storm into people's mm. houses. There's a curfew. We don't actually get any of that in the movies. They just start off saying, there's an Empire. Empires are bad. This guy has a weird head. And they're on the rebellion <laughs> side. They mispronounce, like, planet names. Like, those just inconsiderate. So I, I think Monty makes a great point here. I have the same thought, which is, in the movies, you yeah. very rarely see, like, regular people who are under the boot of the Empire and why the Empire is bad. It's this awful evil to tell. They did blow up a planet, right? Jason. Well they, well, they did. But we never saw the day-to-day impact, right? We're always with the rebels on their bases. Unless you're on Alderaan. Or, 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 or we're on Tatooine, which is on the, at the fringes, quick. right? So the point is, that is true. However... Monty, I would I would submit that showing the cruel totalitarian regime is not necessarily what you want in your kid themed holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they were barely totalitarian. They were just like well, they we're mostly your... just in a bad mood. They occasionally ripped we'll shove the head this prop off gun the stuffed face. bantha, John. Yeah. They that's what I'm saying. Like the they're, they're more bantha. like uh, high school bullies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jason, would you please identify for me the part of this that you think should be shown in your holiday special? <laughs> well, <laughs> is D- it Diane the Diane? Scene because... <laughs> the weird thing is that even the Imperial soldiers are oppressed. They periodically have to take a break during their day and watch a video of B. Arthur singing. <laughs> Again, we'll get we'll get there. Um, I, I did want to point out Ed Norton, I mean, Art Kearney's uh, secret code. Yeah, props which is, to that. Your shaggy carpet is on its way. And oh, she did brutal. it by hand. So solo. Wink, wink. wink. All, all we're enduring, and he has to like. It's just, it's just terrible. Like, <laughs> it's puns. You know what we're going through here, and then to do that unnecessary. I, I'm gonna blame Bruce Valanche for that one. And he has to go to the effort of saying, "Did you get my message? Mm-hmm. We, we got your message, man. Yeah, got it. I know what you want, Itchy. Uh what next? They're, we're, we're getting close to a commercial break now. Oh, sweet. Oh wait, don't forget we did see the scene where the redub scene where Darth Vader oh, yes. walks. Next to an for example, I can't still figure out what's going on there exactly, but the terrible dubbing mm-hmm. from the guy, this the officer standing next to him, none of which matches his lips. Well, no, because it's just a scene out of Star <laughs> yeah, Wars. Just... He's saying we analyze the attack, sir. There may be a danger. May I forget what he was saying there? Yeah, it's it's coming from the Wookiee planet. This is right about the time that I finished my first drink. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you held out that long. yet. You got a long way to go. Yeah, I was like 12 minutes in. Wow, you were pacing yourself. Damn. (laughs) It's two hours long. She's got to do it. So next we get the cooking bit, I believe. Oh, jeez. No, no. It's it's, I I know what you want, Itchy. I know what you want. No, no, no. We get the cooking bit first. Yeah, it's the cooking bit. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. Then we have a Hansel. Yeah, Harvey Corman wearing the Triforce. Cooking with weird Harvey (laughs) Corman. And all the hands. Get it? He has four arms because they're in space. Space. Yes. The cooking bit, although horribly trite, is at least enjoyably acted by Harvey Corman. He he actually puts in the effort here. Yeah, I can understand the concept here. It's really a child gag. They get the the food network on Kazook. It's great. 
Well, no, it's a, it's a tape. I think that's what oh, uh, Molly right. is, well, is holding up her. Uh, she's holding up her hollow discs to the light to see which one has. Then why hasn't she seen it before? She seems to be taken off guard by every aspect of it. <laughs> she's also, she's also <laughs> talking back. She's to tape to save it for Life she's Day. She's a horrible cook. It was the Life Day special, and she taped it to watch it back when she was cooking for Life Day. Mm. Totally. Right. Whip, whip, stir, beat, stir, whip, stir, and eventually you get stir, whip, stir, an, an extra hand. Stir, stir, whip. And then another extra hand, and you realize Harvey Corman has four four arms. I did yes. laugh at the first extra hand. I will I will give him that. <laughs> you did. Although I was kind of I was pretty drunk oh. already at that point. Yeah, I have to admit. You're dead to me. I would have laughed if I hadn't seen this particular routine done by forty bad comics over the last twenty yeah. years. Well, you see that third hand, and you kind of hope it's Tim Conway. <laughs> no, no, I really didn't. Mm. It kind of reminded me of Elzar from Futurama. Yes, four arms yeah. and cooking. Sponsor time, so let me tell you about a sponsor I really like. It's Harry's. Harry's. Harry's, as I like to say. But, you know, it is a plan. Harry, if you're a hairy person, you've got some uh, hair growing on your face you'd like to shave. That's what Harry's is all about. Now, for lots of us, shaving is a pain. It stinks. Look, it's uncomfortable. You can get nicks and cuts and scrapes and razor burn. You can't have razor burn without a razor. And also, blades today, really expensive. But then there's Harry's, started by two guys who wanted a better product without paying an arm and a leg to get it. They make their own blades. They like the blades so much, they bought the factory in Germany. These are high-quality, high-performing German blades created by shaving experts. It gives you a better shave that respects your face and your wallet costs a fraction of what you would find in drugstores. There are no pesky plexiglass cabinets. You got to ask a clerk, can you un- unlock this cabinet so I can get some razors? Because there's a crime wave and they're stealing all the razors. So now you got to treat me like a criminal. Not true with Harry's. You order it on the internet. You know how to order things on the internet, right? And you get a high quality shave, half the price of the other big brand razor blades. And they ship for free to your doorstep. You don't even have to go outside other than to like crack the door open and get the, the package when they when they hand it to you. But that's as far as you have to step outside to get it. It comes to your door. Great deal on the amazing Harry starter set. $15. You get a razor, shaving cream, and three blades. Why pay $32 for an eight-pack of blades when it's half price at Harry's? Now, I use Harry's blades. They're really great. I just got a refill, and I love their shave cream. They've got this crazy foaming uh, shave gel, which is nice, but um, what I really like is their shave cream. Uh, It's not pressurized, so you can squeeze it into a little bottle and take it through security at the airport, which I really love. It's got this pleasant, light mint smell, and then uh, when I'm done shaving, it's gone, and I don't have to smell anything on my face the rest of the day, which I really, really like. So here's what you need to do to order from Harry's. You get a clean, close, comfortable shave. Go to harrys.com right now. And you'll get $5 off if you type in this coupon code, Snell. That's right. It's my last name, Snell, for your first purchase. That's harrys.com. Enter coupon code Snell at checkout for $5 off to start shaving better today like me. And thank you to Harry's for sponsoring The Incomparable. We we have more Han and Chewie and, and reused footage from the, the movie. And, uh, and then martial law is declared by the Empire. You know what? It's a little tough with the whole reused footage thing because there aren't that many scenes of the Millennium Falcon in the first movie. So yeah. some of these get seen four or five times. Mm-hmm. There's only so many TIE fighters you can have strafe across It's them. just like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. yeah. And even for the new footage, they just do the same two shots. Chewie Han. Chewie Han. Sometimes yeah. both. Chewie Han. And it's close I mean, it's up. It's TV, and... man. They're not, yeah. They don't That's have a lot of... 
versatility going for him. I think they have two cameras probably, and they just have them run through the scene a couple of times, and then in the the set that they got out from storage, and then they move on. Han Solo pretty much just could like make up those lines too. Yeah, it sounds like he was forgetting like, them and just kind of like, oh, God, whatever you say, partner. We're going to be escaping our pleasant friends or <laughs> something, whatever. Am I done? Can I get out of here now? <laughs> Where do I pick up my check? No, we need you for the final shot. I don't know. I I still I still thought he at least he at least felt like Han Solo. Oh yeah, I, I like. He felt like Han Solo, who's pissed to be there. Yeah, uh, he doesn't really want to take Chewie home for Life Day. <laughs> he doesn't believe in all that Life Day stuff. Chewie, you know I don't like hanging around your my in laws. <laughs> I mean your family. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, my dad is on that planet. He runs a junk shop. I don't want to see him. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, okay, so Diane Carroll. This is a, we get wook, some Wookiee. Oh, can we say boy. this is Wookiee porn, basically? <laughs> this yeah, is Wookiee bestiality. Is. Because why yeah. is he not fantasizing yeah, about a Wookiee? Not, absolutely. Hey, don't be don't be judgmental. It's a bit late for that. <laughs> Go be, be judgmental. <laughs> Go ahead. Do, do you think that the Empire gave them those hollow porn machines as part of the subjugation effort? Yes. They do have a lot of different hollow technology. <laughs> well, first of all, the thing is called a mind evaporator. Yeah, that was weird. I uh, when he called it a mind evaporator, I, I assumed it bad. was some sort of. I was like, why do the Wookiees have a crazy torture device? Not and if your mind it is to be... too wet. Now, now who's being judgmental? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote down at that point, please God me first. <laughs> <laughs> so the presence mm. of Wookiee porn makes me question. Who's the audience for this show? Yes. That was, okay, I had that I had that as my note too, Monty. Cuz the yes. commercials at least in the version I watched, which is from Baltimore, there's one ad for toys at the end and like four yep. ads for pantyhose. Well, they also have unions and GM and that ad with foundation the foundation and tells fruit you, of the loom. Yep. Yeah. Contact. To buy gold. Contracts. But it's not just that. It's the fact that, you know, to take sort of a, a big picture view, not only do we have that scene, which clearly seems aimed at adults, we have the Jefferson Starship scene, which also seems to be aimed <laughs> at a totally different demographic. <laughs> yes. yeah. that's the, the idea is there's, there's something here that anybody in the family it's can enjoy. The entire it's family. Yeah, but there are many things ages. that several people in the family should not be enjoying. <laughs> oh, oh, we are excited, aren't we? <laughs> and the whole time that jaw, that itchy jaw is just gyrating, gyrating. Yeah, why does he go bald around his face? Is that what happens to Wookiees when they get old? I don't know. What? But That's terrifying. what happens when your jaw moves in the wrong way. So when she finally <laughs> sings, I thought, well, at least now we're going to get some fine, you know, fine 70s-ish uh, music. But instead, it's like this dirge-like sad. It's like, this is really, well, I liked it when she was talking dirty to me. That was good. But now that she's just singing a really sad, slow song, that really does it for Itchy. That's not your uh, idea of a good time for Life Day. What did it for me in the wrong way was that she rhymed minute with minute repeatedly. <laughs> Poor Diane Carroll. Poor Diane Carroll. Yeah, the problem with the songs in this thing, I mean, besides the obvious fact that they all suck, yeah. is that they have no freaking thing whatsoever to do with Star Wars. No. No. Well, okay, except for the one set to the Star Wars theme song later on. But even that has nothing to do with Star <laughs> <Yeah>. Wars. <laughs> she just got Bill It's Murray. all about Life Day, Steve. I think most of it is... And a variety show, as Steve pointed out, this was a variety show heavy time. So they said, well, we'll make a variety show and we'll put some Star Wars over the top of it because that's what kids like. Whoever said variety is the spice of life does not watch this. <laughs> but I mean, somebody had to write these songs for this stupid thing. They could very Multiple easily people, have written something about the Empire or, or stars. 
<laughs> or <laughs> any, war of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> laser swords, laser sockets, anything. Banthas. Give me something that's Star Wars related. Yeah. Nope. Instead, we get. Uh, well, okay. Please light the fire in the sky. It might be vaguely Star Wars related. <laughs> I have no idea. This video was kind of a celebration of the mat line. It's like <laughs> huge black outlines around everything. Yeah, I can't remember if it was during that scene or during the first trippy one, but Stephen just turned to me and said, I can't believe what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> the songs appear to be written by Ken and Mitzi Welch. Ken Welch, of course, was the uh, official composer for the Carol Burnett Show. That does not surprise mm. me. It also never seen Star Wars. I think a lot of CBS folks just sort of got roped into this. It may yeah. have been contractual. Yes. Definitely. They, well, they probably had a variety show like Team that they put together to do this stuff, like award shows and variety shows and things right. like that. That's why you get your Bruce Valanche in there. I, I got to say, if if you haven't already read it or bought it, I'm reading a book called How Star Wars Conquered the Universe by Chris Taylor, which actually has a little bit of the history of how it came to be. Mm. And, and yeah, it basically was a lot of CBS people got pulled into it. But the idea was that uh, they had seen the producer had done a live production of Peter Pan. Hey, there's huh. an idea. And and so Lucas went, well, they understand children's entertainment. Sure. sure. And okay. and this is nothing like the live, the, the Mia Farrow, Danny Kay, Peter Pan. You know, it's just like, this it's is It's also nothing like entertainment. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but he did actually write an outline for it, which they kind of took some details from. But he's the one who set it on the planet with the Wookiees, and here's the Life Day. And the Life Day was supposed to be like this... This thing that was celebrated on different planets each year, and this year it was going to be on the Wookiees planet. And the idea was to get Chewie there because he was going to be the like the main attraction at Life Day. And <laughs> they just kind of looked at that and went, "Eh, Life Day, Wookiees, cool." So it's there's not a lot from the outline. I feel like the Greece themed one that's advertised that has Frankie Valli. I bet that's more accurate to the movie. Yeah, I would watch that. Over, I would watch anything over this. <laughs> So uh, let's see where are, where are we Han, Han and Chewie Han and Chewie land and the Imperials um, uh, come to the door and and stormtroopers search the house is that where we are? No, you have well, we Carrie get Fisher. the uh, Carrie yeah Carrie Fisher, Fisher appearance C three PO. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes, they're calling. All, Art Carney will be there to help. You know, land C three PO. We we support you from afar. Uh, we're not coming. But we, this we special is you. really inconsistent on who can understand Wookies and who can't. <laughs> right, because C three PO likes to likes to translate for Wookies. Yeah, but I think Leia understood the first couple lines, and then C three PO nosed in. He doesn't even got a nose. <laughs> <laughs> Why is her makeup so bad? Why is everybody's makeup so bad on this? You think it's one it's thing terrible. that the TV it's could t- be able to do? It's TV like, makeup, and not movie makeup, and it's TV but lighting and TV she lenses. Doesn't, and... She does not look good. And and by the way, no. when they were having these people separate, like Luke is separate, talking to a camera in a room, and then uh, Carrie Fisher is separate. I was holding out hope that, you know, and, and, you know, Han was separate, that that's all the footage they got of these guys. Yeah. It was just like, they yeah. just, you know, these guys are going to be in it. Every time they appear, it's going to, it's going to stab you in the heart, but that'll be it. <laughs> and it'll mostly just be these really annoying Wookiees and this crazy stuff. And, and these no, guys, they had that, to, yeah, because no. they were hoping everybody would be like, all right, the big end will like bring everybody together. Yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. clearly where yeah. they knew the money was. But that's so infuriating to me because it meant they could have just had Luke and Leia and Han together for most of the uh, thing. I think that would have been worse. It couldn't have been worse than. I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them anywhere near this thing. I don't want the, well, to believe. A- apparently, they they threatened to write a song for Luke, and and Hamill apparently would not do that. 
So that might <laughs> be part him. of it. That if if they had them in more of the special, they'd have been I've, like, "Hey, I've let's never have had songs. more respect for Mark Hamill." <laughs> <laughs> the Muppet Show is like two years later, and he gargles Gershwin. The Muppet Show is awesome. well. I wouldn't you? Yeah. Also, I, I mean, think Corvette Gershwin. Summer was right around this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe it's just me, but I think Leia looks a little glassy-eyed in the. I was going to say, yeah, I don't blame Carrie Fisher for being high as a kite in this scene. Her pupils are doing different things in every shot. It's amazing. I'm just saying, you do what you do to get through this. I do like the fact that she seems incredibly irritated to be stuck there with C three (laughs) PO. Who would even through the drug the drug addled haze? She's very annoying. She's got no time for him. Only the only character who will put up with that guy is the one who can't, who nobody can understand. Right, and he's just saying he's just saying horrible things back at him all just the time. Filthy, filthy things. <laughs> We've established this, uh, but the stormtroopers come and are, are there to search uh, Chewbacca's uh, house yes. for a long time, considering they're yes. looking for a, a nine-foot guy time. in a one-room house. Maybe he's in this little cabinet here. So nope, like, he know, might be inside the, the stuffed bantha. Let's rip its head off. But before that, let's look for the union label. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No. The best thing about that commercial break was the uh, the longing I got for old cold medicine that used to work. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I yeah. had a longing for commercials with normal looking people in them instead of yeah. super airbrushed pretty folks everywhere. Yeah, that's just a regular regular lady who wants something better than Dristan. <laughs> my my older son was watching the the look for the union label ad, and of course you know I'm sitting there going look for the because I remember it, uh-huh. and and he goes is this some kind of a cult? Why are they all <laughs> alike? What is yes, this? Yes, it is. Look, the guy in the bolo tie would not lie to us. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, I, I I was fascinated by the the um you can tell a lot about the psychology of the United States in 1970. Eight. 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 By yeah. the fact that um, November seventeenth, nineteen seventy-eight, union a day to live in infamy, and we mm-hmm. have the like proud American workers uh, who Can make those textile and jobs things. here, yep. and, and then and the best one of all, uh, talk, talk about the zeitgeist is the whirlpool ad with the eagle. Yeah, just, the, what, what was up with so that? overwrought? That was like, That's so like a like, Stephen Colbert thing. The best ad in there is the one about the bell ad where people give people phones. <laughs> yeah. I would holi- love to have oh, yeah. one of Which those reminds phones. me, one, my first thought was, son, this, has, this cell phone is enormous. And the second <laughs> thought was my favorite bit, which is the, the slogan at the end is, be choosy, which is great yes. for bell, which when was a monopoly. monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> well, this yeah. is when they were pushing back against all those second party phones that were starting to flood the market. Right. Yep. They're yeah, like, yeah. we have silly phones too. Look. Mickey Mouse. All right, the Mickey Mouse. Yeah, the kids, the kids awesome. were like, "You could get Snoopy phones." Did you have a Snoopy phone? I said, "No, I didn't have a Snoopy phone." That no. Snoopy phone no. is amazing. That's hey, Jason, did you have this this Reggie Jackson candy? Do you oh, remember Re- this? Reggie. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Reggie. Yeah, Reggie we had bar. those. Reggie those bar. Were yeah. terrible. I love that the selling point for the Reggie bar is it's named after Reggie Jackson. No sure. one really cares what else what's do you in need? it. That is it. Well, and it's based on the on the misconception that Baby Ruth was named after Babe Ruth, which it wasn't. <laughs> That's right. And now we have a baseball player named Coco Crisp. I mean, yeah. where's his and candy it, bar? Where's his candy bar? It's coming. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's cereal, coming. guys. Yeah. It's cereal. And it's I love that that's also a, a candy sold entirely on like Reggie Jackson's ego, basically. Oh yeah, and he knows anything. it. He's sitting there like, "Hello, I'm Reggie Jackson." He should just have like a pipe and patches on his, <laughs> on his jacket. elbows. It's yeah, yeah, seriously. 
But but I mean, anyway, the the the, the union things and the and the buy American of the whirlpool thing, which is spectacular, right? It's eagle like <laughs> continually swooping down and getting the same fish. What is that ad trying to say? What Jason? it's trying Can to you... say. So so if you listen to it, it's really amazing because what it's really in code saying is you could buy appliances made in foreign countries, but don't because it will end our way of life. It will ruin the entire country, and they break too fast anyway. But but isn't the more to it is that weren't they like we work hard? No government policy made us do it. Like they're basically saying like the nanny state. The nanny state can't tell us to make our factories safe for no, you. I think it's I think it's like protectionism against like Japanese uh, appliances is what they're what they're talking about, and and uh, it's definitely a buy American so heavy handed. Um, but this was the conversation at the time, so it's just fascinating to see that now—the buy American stuff and the union stuff, and all of that industrial clash. Oh yeah, I like the idea that organized labor is something something you would show on television, <laughs> yeah. like that it, that it would be something that people would be proud to put on television. That that was like the gung ho, yeah, union everything. Now forget it. You put something about unions on TV. I think the Whirlpool ad might also have been trying to get some of that late. Uh bicentennial runoff yeah I suppose i mean it's a patriotism ad yeah but but it was but it was super dog whistly like we have all this eagle to, stock footage yeah you had to know what they were talking about because removed from the context then yeah, it just it just looks just like i can tell it's right wing and i can tell it's a dog whistle but beyond that it's basically the opening credits of the colbert rapport but to sell yeah. washing machines yeah. right <laughs> You're listening to retro commercials on the Incompetent. Yeah, that's right. It, it, well, you know, better than the alternative. To, but <laughs> unfortunately, we have to go back to the Star Wars Holiday Special Network, Aww, where there are menacing pol- police state tactics from the Empire guys. Like Monty said, we actually see that these are these are uh, mean old stormtroopers who are going to kick over your stuff, and and uh, and we we could see more terrifying that that, but instead, Starship, everybody. The good news is that if you're an Imperial troop and. Uh, you you're on patrol you can spend about five minutes to sit down kick back and watch laser mtv when you're supposed to be searching yeah. for rebels. everyone That's everyone corrupt. in this entire variety show is like they they're just they're so easily distracted it's like i need i need stimulation someone show me lumpy i mean i guess he has an excuse because he's little but the imperial like everybody is just they're they'll be going through the plot and then all of a sudden it'll be like wait i need distraction Sure. Like, I mean, I guess they needed some reason to show all these musical numbers and stuff, but there's no transition and no segue. It's just like, now I crave stimulation. So it's like a variety Are show. Are you suggesting that the framing device here is weak? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, they don't even make an effort. I mean, with Lumpy, it's like whenever Lumpy makes any peep, they're like, they just shove him in front of the TV, put headphones on his head and go, here you go. And the Imperials are here. Do the same thing to them. It's extra confusing to have both the cartoon that features the characters yes. from the movies oh, and also yeah. what and the? and the separately the thing where they're watching like Life on Tatooine mm-hmm. but then at some point we're actually it's watching stuff on Tatooine that's <laughs> very confusing well, it, it is mystifying why everything is being everything in the special is just a bit that's being watched by other characters in the special that is a little <laughs> bit strange as a conceit um, and and we can talk about them more when we when we when we get down the road. But uh, are we at the so Jefferson Starship? Any thoughts about Jefferson Starship? I, I I've uh, got one. You know. Yes, take me and we'll vanish without a trace in a cigar shaped object. <laughs> yep. Also on the pyramids is a legend: the great god Copacan, who came from the stars and vanished, and the legends say he will come back again someday. Is he singing into a lightsaber? <laughs> and <laughs> and if baby. so, is that dangerous? Because I think <laughs> it's a good way to lose your lips. <laughs> 
Well, it kind of gives you hope that it'll happen, but then it doesn't. It's either a lightsaber or something else that is better not described on this podcast. Yeah. There's some, there's some good yeah. 70s guitar playing in this, though. It's a lightsaber. Like, quality 70s guitar playing? Sure. Okay, sure. I also I have to say my favorite of all of them is the guy who does not have quite a keytar, but rather just a keyboard strung around his neck. Yeah, it was a primitive time. I was excited when I thought it was going to be Jefferson Starship because I thought that there might be a, a, a shot of Gray Slick somewhere in there singing. But no, it was the Gray Slickless no. version. It's, yeah, it's the Marty Balin it's, years. It's the Marty Balin. So basically, yeah. the talent was all gone. And yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> plenty. There's plenty of purple lights. For for what it's worth, that that is a laser keyboard he's oh. got around his neck. Laser keyboard. That's yep. good. It's a space mm-hmm. keyboard. Space keyboard. Space music. Although to be to be honest, I, I I think at that point maybe the Stockholm syndrome had sort of been setting in because I, was, <laughs> I think I was kind of st- maybe I was just really drunk. I, I said I was kind of starting to like it, <laughs> but Stephen was just like, no, it's not Stockholm sil- syndrome. It's alcohol yeah. syndrome. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. It's, yeah, alcohol poisoning syndrome. It's I mean, I actually just before Jefferson Starship, I. I actually gasped when the the guard tried to hit Lumpy, and th- but then I remembered that Chewie's son is named Lumpy, and I felt okay. <laughs> That's how, how do you think he got the name? This Can is Chewie's sh- fake family. His other his the family he doesn't love as much as the family he keeps on a good plan. Incidentally, speaking of Jefferson Starship, as I mentioned on Twitter, does anybody else think that Jefferson Starship's kind of dressed like the henchman from Wrath of Khan? <laughs> yeah, they're wearing like the fur vests and like the headbands. Interesting. Maybe that's where they, uh, the Star Trek II costumers got their costumes. Maybe Literally. That's literally where they got their costumes. Mm-hmm. They took it off Jefferson Starship's yeah. corpses. <laughs> Can we speculate for a moment why Sondan brought uh, Mala a box that plays holographic Jefferson Starship as his life day gift? She loves Jefferson Starship. Their house did not have enough hologram-related entertainment. <laughs> right. right. She I mean, one for every Wookiee. Clearly, this was at a time of a tumultuous time, a time of hologram console wars. You know? Surely there's something that's more Mala appropriate that he could have brought. I mean, even the groomer, for instance. I mean, Tony, Tony's yeah. right, though. The Xbox, uh, the Xbox One does not play Jefferson Starship. You have to get the PS4 for that. So, yeah, good point. I don't know. I think that was the well, Sega. No one talks enough about the economics of Star Wars as depicted through the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> no. Or the prequels. <laughs> You are. Uh, you should hear about the Trade Federation blockades of holographic console production. <laughs> That's fascinating subject. Sponsor break time. I want to tell you again about Lynda.com. Love these guys. Lynda.com. L-Y-N-D-A.com. An easy and affordable way to help people like you learn. You can instantly stream thousands of courses created by the experts on business, software, web development, graphic design, and a whole lot more. Lynda.com works with the industry experts and with software companies to provide timely training. So if there's a new version that comes out of the software you use every day, often on that same day, there'll be a new version of Lynda.com courses so you can get up to speed on the latest features. Pretty awesome. All their courses are produced at the highest quality. They have this beautiful professional studio. It's not like those homemade videos on YouTube. And each course is broken into bite-sized pieces so you can learn at your own pace. Learn from start to finish. Jump into the middle and find a quick answer to a problem that is vexing you. Lynda.com has tools like searchable transcripts, playlists, certificates of course completion. You can even publish those on your LinkedIn profile, which is great if you're a professional in the field and want to show that you know your stuff. Whether you're a beginner or an advanced user, Lynda.com has courses for all experience levels and they make it easy 
easy to learn anywhere with the lynda.com apps for iPhone, iPad, and Android. One low monthly price, $25, gives you unlimited access to over 100,000 video tutorials. And premium members with an annual plan can download courses to their iPhones, iPads, or Android devices and watch them offline and also download project files. I've used lynda.com to learn a lot of different stuff about audio, about different kinds of software, about HTML and CSS. It's a really fantastic resource. The courses are great and you really can jump into the middle and learn exactly what you need to learn and then hop back out and get back to your job. Now, I've got a special deal that I've worked out with lynda.com to provide you with a special offer to get all those courses that I talked about for free for 10 days. 10 days. Just open up your brain and inhale this huge amount of information by going to lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com slash incomparable to try lynda.com free 10 days. Thank you so much to lynda.com for supporting the incomparable L-Y-N-D-A.com slash incomparable. Anyway, Lumpy to to distract Lumpy from uh, from the horrible crushing <laughs> uh, search of the the house. Let's watch a cartoon featuring your own father <laughs> and all the voice actors from Star Wars doing incredibly bad jobs and talking so slow. Was Anthony Daniels the voice of C three PO in that? Because it sounded different. Oh, no, no he's him. always available to be. He's C-3PO. all. Yeah, that is all he does. That is literally his entire <laughs> career. He's the Terminator of voice acting. I was, that was the one part of this I was looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. How did that go for it's you? The only Sorry, thing, Tony. It's the, only, <laughs> the cartoon is the only thing that's been legitimately released from this special. It's a bonus on one of the like Blu-ray sets. I was very excited. I think the first line included that they're looking for a magic talisman. And I yes. was like, oh. <laughs> I'm out. I'm listen, out. <laughs> listen, friend. I, listen, friend. I'll, when I find that friend, I am going to take care of that talisman friend. Says he is Boba very Fett. friendly, he Boba is Fett. super friendly. And his fearsome pole-mounted tuning fork. Also, they're all on a uh, they're all on a first name basis with each other. Yeah, Boba. <laughs> they call him Boba. Our buddy Boba. That's He's right. very chatty in this version. Yeah, he se- he seems like a friend. Says Luke. After the seventeenth time he said friend, <laughs> and when he says when he says he's looking for the serum, I really thought he said syrup. <laughs> it is Canadian. Speaking you know, of Stockholm syndrome, yeah, the people who made this animation—they're like in animation, things are supposed to squash and stretch. <laughs> yes. R2-D2, Even R two D two. I'm sorry, R two D two does not squash and stretch. <laughs> Even I just Han say Solo's no. chin. I, I say no to it. Face. Like the the artistic choices of how to depict these characters in cartoons is crazy to me. The the, the actors don't look like the actors. The droids bend and wobble. I just, I don't, what are they doing? I'm pretty what? sure it was done by the same people who did Yellow Submarine. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it's like Lucy in the Sky with Star Wars. It, yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was like a weird legal thing where they didn't have the rights to the images of the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then Whoa. they have them as voice actors. Does anyone else notice that C-3PO actually blinks? His eyes, yeah. He has and, eyelids that go vertically, which is super mess. weird. And they do these weird Star yeah. Trekisms, like they have Starlog update. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. By who? And they have who saucer separation. That? Who is na- yes. who is narrating it? I could not figure that out. <laughs> this, I well, it was Han Solo, it, even though he was uh, unconscious. At to the be time. fair, John, in Star Wars Rebels, they take a turbo lift, and I thought, hey, wait a second. Well, yeah, That's I mean, hey, well, that, you get the, the, you know, next gen got saucer separation from this, I guess. So I guess <laughs> I'm pretty sure Y wings don't do that. By the way. It's a Canadian animation yeah. company yeah. that, at the time, that was their visual style. So it was sort of sure. like, we'll make it's it not, look like our thing. And But they were cheap. That was the main reason they got a lot of work in Because <laughs> it's like five TV. frames per second. Welcome yeah. to Canada. And yeah. they did, what, the Animalympics thing with Gilda Radner and all sorts they of did rock and roll. voices. They did rock and roll, yeah. And, and all of this stuff 
looks like that. Looks like that, yeah. At one point, Boba Fett is like riding a sort of like dinosaur, what space dinosaur. snake or dinosaur. something, dinosaur. giant penis dinosaur. dinosaur. Just say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will not. I'm really bothered by the quality of the voice acting because, like, Mark Hamill mm. learned to be a good voice actor later yes. on. I think they may have animated it first and then made the actors try to lip sync <laughs> oh, it afterwards. It does Very sort possible. of sound like that. With it, with it being very, very strangely and a very hesitant and odd cadence. Is that possibly because yeah. the script is also terrible? That's <laughs> that's be. probably an aspect of <laughs> and, it. N- and nonsensical. It, it is nonsensical. Well, so here's the thing is I also Friend. couldn't figure out, like, it also doesn't, I don't know, didn't they know who Boba Fett was already? Even though this is the first time no. he's introduced, no. like. He is the best eh. bounty hunter in the galaxy. He is working for Darth Vader. He is his right-hand man. He's, he's a friend. That's not true at all. <laughs> it's a little strange, isn't it, that they set Lumpy down in front of this little console to keep him quiet? And the way he keeps a low profile is by putting on what is apparently a propaganda cartoon put out by the rebels to show how great his dad is. Yeah. And his dad looks like a like a big like cat dog monkey. <laughs> Really not a good chewy. It's like you cartoon. plop Lumpy down and you're trying to trying to keep him, you know, out of trouble and you're trying to keep the, the Imperial dudes away from the fact that this is Chewbacca's house. Why do you not stand there and say, no, no, it's, it's probably not appropriate to put that on right now, son. Go back to the dumb game. Or well, whatever. because by doing that, they get to do my favorite thing that I hate, which is that they have a double <laughs> cliffhanger where they have the cliffhanger in the cartoon and Lumpy yelps, which causes the Imperial guy to come over. So there's then a cliffhanger in the framing device as we cut to commercial. <laughs> what is the cliffhanger in the framing device? Are they going to be afraid they find out he's watching a cartoon? I don't understand. But then he pretends to not be watching a cartoon. And then it's okay. Right, but what do they care that he's watching this cartoon? I think it's because, it, remember that they go look for rebel material later? I think this if this is, in fact, rebel propaganda, they would be worried that he was that watching rebel cartoons. That is giving it a cartoons. lot of credit. I don't know, you could say that it's the adventures of Boba Fett, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching that heroic bounty hunter. I've never I've never seen this show. Boba Fett rides a dinosaur. But then he, but then he looks at it and says, why, this features a Wookiee. I wonder who that Wookiee is. Could it perhaps be the Wookiee that we are looking for from this all house? All the Wookiees look the same this to the Empire. This is not the Wookiee you're looking for. If all Wookiees look the same to these guys, why didn't they just arrest Itchy and get out of there? <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would have arrested Itchy. He clearly has committed many crimes in the course many of this crimes. <laughs> so they crimes. Um, so they, they do turn off the place, and in a, in a really sad moment, they it's revealed that they have ripped the head off of uh, Itchy's stuffed bantha. I it's revealed he does it on camera, which we had we had formed such a relationship with. Don't worry, it'll be fine after he after it's he awful. kisses it and puts a ba- blanket over it. That's how you know they're evil, though. That's how you yeah, know they're truly. Yeah, because they sent four jerks evil. to torment one Wookiee child. Mm-hmm. All right, you skipped over the news break. I think you skipped over the news break. Uh, yeah. Okay. Go. Yeah, it's time time for the news. Here now the news. Neutron bomb test story. Yeah. Welcome to 1978. <laughs> Happy Life Day, everybody. Someone convicted for selling top-secret documents to the Russians. Yep. Happy Life Day. Like, if you had to make up a news break for 1978 for, like, Cold War, you know? Yep. <laughs> like, this is one news break. Well, and keep in mind that the the, the Whirlpool ad happens around in here, too, which yeah. is which includes the line, we are the endangered species. Yep, yep. Oh. And, and also, and no, apparently, it's been too cold to get it on for a little yeah, while. No, no baby boom from the 78 blizzard, and you got the little human interest story. Most of the men must have been out shoveling snow. Wink, wink. <laughs> or watching a holographic Diane Carroll. 
I found it a little disturbing how many of those commercials I remember because I was one when this aired. So well, they must have just kept rerunning the same commercials oh, for man. many Commercials years. had a long lifetime back then. Yeah, that Fruit of the Loom commercial was there forever. My wife has an amazing knowledge of jingles that have stuck with her, commercial jingles. But the only one in here that she recognized at all was the, um, the, uh, the Egg McMuffin jingle late in the... <laughs> Oh, There's yeah. more in yeah. the middle of an egg McMuffin that's than the... an egg in the middle of a muffin. That's right, which I don't remember yeah. at all, but she remembers that one. <laughs> Not that much more. Canadian bacon and cheese. <laughs> well, that's right. I that's still can't get past the neutron bomb because she explains oh. what a neutron bomb is, and that's stuck in my imagination. <laughs> she's sort of smiling when she like does it, the... and then it's like, now back like, to the holiday like, special, everybody. A neutron bomb, the bomb which, by the way, kills people but not buildings. And that that fascinated me. Probably, the, you know, we'll get back to the stand episode of like why I'm so fascinated <laughs> with the idea of all the people are dead, but all their stuff yeah. is still around. Yeah. Russians say they're testing it. Anyway, here back to your holiday back special. Your Good special luck. <laughs> Listen for the sirens. Means the videotapes of the Star Wars holiday special will be here long it, after it, we're gone. But it was followed by Russians have this bomb, and by the way, the CIA just arrested someone for selling documents to the Russians. Yep. And now this. And now, now back to now back to your cartoon. Idea. I wonder how things are going on Tatooine. <laughs> Let's go back to the cartoon uh, featuring Boba Fett. Pam and the girls have a layover on Flying High. Oh, Actually, that was the, that was the one part that. One part that Stephen was was genuinely excited about was during the cartoon. It was when it first came back, and I don't even remember what the sound was, but he was just like, F yeah, I love the sounds of Star Wars. He was getting off on the sound effects and not paying attention to anything else. They did have the library of sound effects. And what I have in my notes here is Lumpy's noises are killing me. (laughs) (laughs) It was not Lumpy's noises. No, those were not in the library, so so they had to make them. You need to, Jason. Can you cut in a clip of him making those noises? Because people don't. I don't recommend watching it, but you have to hear how terrible these. They're just. You got to play the garbage disposal noise. That's that's the best no, one. Yeah. Was, Stephen was excited about apparently the gun that Chewie uses in the cartoon was used by a couple of guards in Jabba's palace. So he was he was pointing that out to me. I, I got a, a lesson. Then it was all worth it. Yeah, oh, wasn't it? Those are in the library. <laughs> so it sounds like Ben Burt sent them a tape of like six noises saying, <laughs> "Use this scream at some point. Here are some gun noises." Well, there's a Wilhelm scream. Yeah, there is yeah. a Wilhelm yep. scream. Yeah, Stephen actually he made us he made us stop it, rewind it because uh, <laughs> watching it. Um, you know, recorded and then uh, made a vine of it. And for the rest of the time, he would kind of just go back and rewatch the vine that he made of the, <laughs> of, of, of the stormtrooper going over <laughs> yeah. the railing with yeah, the cold blooded yeah. murder of a stormtrooper. <laughs> Maybe it's because he's Canadian, but he actually did applaud at the end of the cartoon. Tripping over a log and then falling to his death. <laughs> it's okay, everybody. He's gone. He fell <laughs> to his death. Happy life day. <laughs> Happy life day. <laughs> Happy life Happy day. Life except day. for that guy. That's okay. Art Carney cleaned up the body. I gotta go. I really don't want to be in this scene that long. Bye. <laughs> now you, you're trying very cleverly to skip over it, but but we've reached the point where we um, have to uh, visit uh, the cantina or a, a cantina. Oh no, we're not by... quite. We're not quite there yet. No, you, you missed the uh, the instructional video. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, that made, that I wish I could have missed the instructional video. 
Oh, how to assemble a, the transmitter? Yes, he's he's right. a robot oh. and he's losing power. I didn't. Or I, oh, I get it now. A robot who's patting his own butt repeatedly. That's how you get the power back. This, up. It's like this. This smacks of the like, hey guys, we just figured out how to slow down videotape. Let's use this effect <laughs> oh, yeah. a whole lot. Boy, I'm glad that you uh, had us come back to that one. That's, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what the show is. It's just a series of these things. It's like, why am I watching this? Why is this here? What does it have to do with Star Wars? I'm not entertained, and it's so long. The only good thing is that right after it, you get Tobor. Which is robot spelled backwards. Tobor, Tobor is robot spelled backwards. Was anybody worried about the fact that when when he the robot in the instructional video puts the screwdriver under his chin, he's just going to commit he's suicide? He's going to kill himself. <laughs> yes, I was like, do it. Do it. It's your only escape. <laughs> I think the instructional video was a very early attempt to make fun of how hard it is to set up v- VCRs. <laughs> they had not yet settled on the 12 o'clock blinking time <laughs> joke. That that definitely is more. Succinct. That's because six people owned VCRs right. and would not have gone over. Fortunately, very well. they were all recording the Star Wars <laughs> yeah, holiday special. I was just really concerned that like Lobot's going to catch whatever this guy has someday, and that's going to be except for Lobot. <laughs> it's a virus. Yeah. That's how all robots go in their old, in, in their old age. Yeah. Well, he's not even a robot though. He's an amorphian being. That's yeah, the I mean, strange don't... thing. He's yeah. like maybe a cyborg. He's got some. He's got some things that are on the fritz. Definitely. I don't know. Or Harvey Corman. I, I like the idea that there are 10,000 contacts on that thing he's holding, and you have to connect colored wires to it. And the Wookiee's going to do it with his big furry hands. <laughs> yeah. Again, just he like manages. eating the cookies. That thing works. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. He did it. We doubted that was Also, it doubles as a shortwave radio. Yeah, that was not yeah. clearly communicated in the program. Like, they, they had very few plot points, and they could not. They did not do a good job of, of showing. <laughs> yeah, one like, job. None of them were connected either. They're just disparate points. <laughs> yeah, it's like a scatter plot. I think my favorite thing was just that the instructional guy was holding it in a completely different way than <laughs> Lumpy was, and I don't think that was for humor purposes. I no. think it was just they had filmed them separately, <laughs> yep. and yeah. the different actors made assumptions about which way was up. So. <laughs> Oh, Lumpy's just not very bright. This is, this is what we learned. <laughs> but moving on. So so here's the thing. <laughs> there is a wonderful moment where the uh, Imperial uh, troops are instructed that they must immediately watch a video. For all, all <laughs> Imperial forces must watch a video. The video is the the backdoor pilot for a sitcom starring B. Arthur, who owns the <laughs> cantina on, on Tatooine. A cantina. Sadly not made into a series. Why... Why, why would they, again, <laughs> I know you need a framing sequence. Why would this be, and they, they insert a line. It's like, and, and be aware, Empire, this will show you many examples of terrible behavior, which are like what, B. Arthur singing? I don't know. Uh, and so then they have to watch <laughs> B. Arthur for like 20 minutes. To, but it's apparently her. a live, it's a live feed. Live feed, sure. They're, they, the fun times at the cantina are interrupted by the same announcement that they get live at the Wookiee household. So <laughs> yeah, it's happening. Yeah, Confuse the hell out of me. Yeah, it is a little confusing. Announcements about Tatooine at the Wookiee household. It's part of the oppressiveness of the Empire. Periodically, at any given moment, a camera can turn on somewhere yeah. and the entire yeah. Empire will be watching you do whatever, whatever it is, is you do. <laughs> you're doing. Whether, it, whether you're you know performing a, a song or pouring the contents of a red plastic pitcher into somebody's head hole. Which, by the <laughs> so way, is just... weirdly erotic and I do not like it. <laughs> Normally, you're in favor of things that are weirdly erotic. Yeah, but in this case, I have to make an exception. It's, can we, are we all on the same page that the interaction between the guy at the bar and B. Arthur is incredibly creepy? He has a name, Harvey Dan. Harvey Corman. It's Krellman. Oh. 
Okay. Not going after it. Not Probably. not going into it. Yeah. But it's extremely uncomfortable. He's and creepy. just such. He's. It's a perfect script for a complete creeper stalker dude. You know, yep. he says, "I decided what you meant was what I needed to hear." Yeah. He, he assaulted her later. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the end, he's waiting for her. It's kind of chilling. Yeah. As a woman watching that, I was super disturbed. Also, he has a giant hole in the top of his head that you have to pour <laughs> drinks in. I was all right with that. I don't disagree with your characterization. But I do think that B. Arthur gives by far the best and most committed performance in the entire two hours. I would agree with that. Yes. I'll give you that. She clears a cantina like a pro, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing the B. Arthur sitcom. I, I thought she was ineffectual. She she yeah. she runs this place and she can't get people to leave. She's gotta have muscle for that. You can't like beg them. She to does, leave that's what torque is for. Torque I is know. for getting people out of there. Yeah, but she does instead she does the conga line. I noticed that she says friend an awful lot during her big song. Yeah, I suspect thing. she may secretly be Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I love yeah. it. I think so. Whoa. Whoa, no. What if all of the clones are actually B. Arthur? And you yes, go, well, behind every Stormtrooper mask lurks a clone of B. Arthur. In my notes, I, I have the note, this is obviously the backdoor pilot for a sitcom about B. Arthur owning the cantina as the as the song plays endlessly. <laughs> and then when it plays, yeah. when it finally plays differently and it's slow, it's slowed down, I think, oh, they're, they're, they're varying it finally. That's good. And then she starts to sing and my notes say, and then she sings, <laughs> I like her song. Oh, see, I liked her singing. Uh, yeah. I thought she was good. It's it's like a, a weird Kurt Vile Brecht kind of song. It's, it, yeah. It is. My point, I think, yeah. was that I was hoping it was done. We were done. <laughs> we would be leaving. Yes. No, no. This is, this is the entertainment. Like, this is what the people making us are this thinking. Like, we got to fill this with musical numbers and stars, yeah. and this is yeah. what they'll love, and the other stuff in between is just filler. And it's like... I don't, you know, the, the entertainment part isn't. I mean, I she does commit to it. She does sing this a song for the like, why, why sci-fi is kids love B. Arthur. Yeah, yeah. And she had Nothing just won an Emmy a few years like, before yeah. that. Yeah, no, and, yeah, and they took it you, away. After you know this. what, kids also really like <laughs> kids like a kind of bittersweet uh, farewell to people in a war zone right. as 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 they uh, they go out and they might you you don't have to go home but you can't stay here because the empire's making you leave uh, you know World War Two uh, France under well, siege kind Germanic, of vibe yeah. that's totally what the kids love they can really relate to a place where everybody knows your name except for that one guy <laughs> whose name she couldn't remember I sincerely enjoy <laughs> B Arthur's segment on the holiday special. Roman. That uncompromising, enterprising, anything but tranquilizing, right on, Maud. I felt good knowing that Pona Baba wasn't doing Love just that. great, but he's like ready to dance about it. Like, you know, <laughs> he's got his arm back. He's doing okay. Yeah, that, that, that part worried me because I was, I was wondering about, you know, B. Arthur reminiscing in her memoirs. What's the weirdest thing you ever did? Well, I danced with a guy dressed like a walrus. <laughs> but, Monty, I, I'll take your point. At this point, I was so beaten down that I just wanted it to be over, and I wanted the sweet embrace of death or the end <laughs> of the special. If this had been the start of it, I would have been like, "Okay, this is very strange," and yet, you know, it's it's B. Arthur star- again, starring in a, a a pilot for a sitcom about the owner of the bar that has the creature cantina in it. Okay, it's just it happened so late. Plus, I'm also grappling with the idea that the everybody in the Empire has been forced to watch this for some <laughs> inexplicable reason. Well, they don't even know because it hasn't happened yet. They aren't. They aren't watching something that they know is bad. It's. It could turn out to be bad. It could turn out to be just another day at the pub. They have no clue. It's live. I think I was at the drunk sweet spot at this point because <laughs> I, I was. I was. I was kind of flying by this point, and I. I am a sucker for B. Arthur. I will watch her huh. do anything. I have seen every episode of Golden have. Girls. 
multiple times. Well, now you Let have... me tell you about the Beatrice Arthur special that aired in January 1980. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Ooh. yes. Says here, yes. the production centered on B. Arthur, who was joined by guest stars Rock Hudson, Melba Moore, and ventriloquist Wayland Flowers with his puppet, Madam. Oh. oh, my God. Madam. <laughs> I, I remember that I so saw bad. that, too. <laughs> so if, if all the clone, if all the stormtroopers are clones of B. Arthur, is she, uh, are they B. Fett or are they Boba Arthur? B. Fett. Beatrice Fett. Beatrice Fett. Beatrice Fett. Just B, the letter B, Fett. Do you know that nude painting of B. Arthur that was going around the internet a while back? Oh, God, yes. I feel like that would be (laughs) greatly improved by the addition of the walrus guy if he was standing there, (laughs) like with his hand on her shoulder. There's never been a more Steve Lutt sentence ever uttered. (laughs) He has a name. His name is Pondababa. He lost an arm because Jedis are really erratic about justice. (laughs) He was a promising architect. Hey, God, hey, we don't know if it was him. It could just be somebody else of his race, Tony. He's Jeez. got the same jacket. Okay. Well, the other guy they just all wear the same jacket. He lost an arm. Sondan and, and Han Solo both wear the same little vest thing. There's there's only so many clothes in the universe. You think all Aqualicious just wear orange jackets? Lando wears Han's vest at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Clothes get shared a lot in the Star Wars universe. This isn't Greedo in this scene either, right? No, no he, it wasn't. He, presumably he, him well, he was already dead. Though he's wearing the exact same clothes as Exactly, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. We had all of the leftover costumes from them. Seriously. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's all of them, except poorly lit. And, and yet, know? amazingly, they all look so much crappier here. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, no, they didn't realize they had to make it a lot darker to, make, to pull off these costumes. Well, it turns out all of those shots work great when it's just like the character for two seconds, but when it's like, no, all of them for several minutes, just <laughs> hanging out. It's going to... You know, at one yeah, point she, doesn't gra- hold she up grabs Muftok well. by his proboscis, and it's like, I, that makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> what is with the humongous rat? It's just like a plush <laughs> oh, yeah, like rat in there. No, no, yeah. I assumed it was an actual rat, and I was just forced perspective. <laughs> <laughs> is that a womp rat? No. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, was it two meters? You know? Yeah, well, that's six feet. Yeah. Um, a very... Oh my god, it is a womp rat. <laughs> womp rats are sentient? That changes everything. <laughs> are they close to Baker's Candy? The... <laughs> yeah, womp rat is just slang for people Luke Skywalker hates on Tatooine. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. The name of B. Arthur's pub is, in fact, Baker's Canyon. <laughs> Dark. That whole story is about is about a horrible murder that took place. Why would you ever go to bigger? Let's say hey, it's happy hour at Bigger's Canyon. Let's go over there. Maybe there'll be a song by the proprietor. Um, there's a commercial break. There's a great commercial in here uh, for Flying High, a, a show yeah. that, as as said in the um, in the Rift Tracks version. Uh, a show so unsuccessful, it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> it was the show that was on next after the Star Wars Holiday Special. Incident. It does now. I looked mm-hmm. it up because oh, I was like, does it was now? this real? <laughs> and, yes. and, uh, but, the, but the best thing about it is that th- there is a scene in the Flying High promo that features somebody with actual tearaway trousers. Actually, as pull, a flight attendant. Right men, men and women. Fantastic. Yeah. Looks like a good show. Looks oh, better yeah. than this one. I Connie Selica vehicle. Oh, Connie man. Selica, Pat Klaus, and I'm trying to remember the third one. Oh no. Yeah, oh no. It's anyway. Catherine Wicks. Actually, this is 
This is where I have uh, kind of a big a gap I left on my page because I was I was at the point where I was not taking notes on anything uh-huh. anymore. I just have a puddle of drool here. I yeah. don't... <laughs> <laughs> kind of a diagonal line. Yep. A pool of ink. Is this the one where the woman takes the pantyhose and stretches the crotch out in front of the camera? Oh, my God. <laughs> no nonsense. What are you doing? That was pretty <laughs> explicit there, wasn't it? This was the yeah, time like when what? they were trying to show like the, of the panel or that it breathes or something, but that's really not a move they do with pantyhose and commercials no, in fact that was one of the I fascinating things about the commercials um uh, the 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 woolite commercial is like that too where um there's some fascinating clothing first off it's like there's <laughs> some of it you could probably get away with today and then there's some of it that's just like oh my god what is she wearing but uh the, the they want to show that you can wash your lingerie in it and so there's a woman who is like literally covered in five layers from head to toe <laughs> And that's her, and that, but you know, but with some thin layers at the top, some onion skin layers at the top. And it's like, it's lingerie. And then, so it's like trying to be sexy, but trying to not be sexy at all. And like, similarly, the pantyhose with the the spreading of the crotch of the pantyhose. Ah! Coming as it does right after the B. Arthur number, it's particularly disturbing. (laughs) (laughs) With the variety show ads, though, like earlier when they show all the variety show ads, there was tons of booty shaking in that. The variety shows were basically just, oh, look, we're going to have women, and they're going to be scantily clad, and they're going to be dancing. It was so in your face. Scantily-ish clad, like, because the the panty line line commercial, where it's like, our pantyhose, you don't have to wear panties. panties are built right in. And and that's all just butts. That's like the whole 30 yeah. seconds and they're just, of, just of shaking women's them at you the whole time. Yeah. And the even 70s the flying high thing, the they have women disrobing. Like it was, it, it was not as explicit because it's not as much skin, but it's just every third scene is sex, 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 sex. Watch this, there will be sex. Yeah, it's it, it's 70s weird. man. It's, it's I believe the term at the time was jiggle television. Jiggle television. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But, but there wasn't any. I think the there term at the time sex. was awesome. <laughs> was the promise of sex. I guess it was groovy at the time. Yeah. It was soon to be awesome. Soon to be awesome. Not yet <laughs> radical. That'll be about ten years. Hold out for awesome. Oh man, if we could just make it the tubular. All right. <laughs> uh, we're back. One that actually fits the uh, the topic. Han and Chewie arrive and take uh, care of the last uh, lingering stormtrooper by again chucking him uh, whole off the tree. <laughs> Doesn't he just trip? <laughs> I don't well, think no, he, he goes. I think he was fakes helped. going for he his gun, helped. and the other guy goes for the gun that, <laughs> and, Han and trips over a log. Yeah. yeah, this is a shoddily constructed dwelling because that railing is not up to code. <laughs> and and just think, Lumpy was walking on that thing. An hour exactly. Ago. Well, that was the payoff. That was the the incredible craftsmanship of this plot. Was that yeah. you know it looked like we were just doing nonsense for no reason. One thing we did was so we could pay this off later. That there's a dangerous <laughs> yeah. fall, and we remind you that there is a dangerous fall. You fell all the way down into that matte painting. It was really ah! cool. So in the special edition of the Star Wars Holiday Special, Han does nothing, and the stormtrooper just flings himself off. That's right. no, Han goes for the gun after the guy is falling. I yeah, think, it's already yeah. how it works. Han tripped first. He shoots him on the way down. <laughs> oh, he's more violent in this version. But, but second, only second, Han is very violent after an initial strike of violence that's very yes. important at this point i was getting desperate too and i had i noted here han and chewie come home which is like the thing that they had you know that's the the basis story han and chewie when are they going to get home they got to get home they come home and there's still 15 minutes left I'm like what what why is there 15 minutes left i should have known i should have just turned it off then like oh they're back home it's life day everyone's happy just 
it should be over. So something we mentioned earlier that I wanted to bring back, which is this is that, that moment where Han, after saying you're like a family to me, sort of like tries to bug out as quickly as he can. Because like I said, <laughs> he left the motor running on the Millennium Falcon. He's got to get back to it. And there's that moment where Chewie turns and I'm like, is Chewie going to bail out too? Or he, He's come all this way. But no, he's going to stay with his family. And and before Han goes, Han and Chewie hug. And this for me is the is the best single moment in the entire special because it's like the, the most... Uh, like <laughs> the nicest moment that Han and Chewie ever have. It's like a huge bear or whatever Wookie hug that they have, and I thought that was nice. That's my that's my number one thing I liked. It was, it was two actors saying this will be over soon. Right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna get a beer yeah. after this. We've almost made it, old pal. There's also a moment here where Han uh, looks at Mala and says, "Will you look at Lumpy? He's sure grown, huh?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think Art Carney's the only one that's got a thing going on with Chewbacca's <laughs> wife. Is what I'm saying. Actually, I, I even put in my notes at one point that I think the alcohol was was definitely kicking in by that point because I was thinking she was looking pretty, pretty pretty. <laughs> Zooming in on her smiling face, you realize it's a man in that outfit, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, that that is a funny moment when you realize that the, it's a, there's a dude in there. Yeah. I thought it was Peter Mayhew for a while because he was so tall. <laughs> Another one of those terrifying details in the How Star Wars Conquered the Universe book is that apparently uh, when they, you know, the writers were asking for more details about the Wookiees and, and more stuff they could use, and Lucas, as one of his many details, apparently told them that, uh, oh, and Han Solo is married to a Wookiee, but we can't say that, unquote. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what that means. He's just but... full of great ideas. That's weird. Mm. That's yeah. Han is also apparently not a very good smuggler. <laughs> Kazook is under a vague sort of blockade. Yeah. Isn't that exactly what he's supposed to be good at getting around? Uh, and he talks it. about it. He approaches that's it true. from the north, which is, I assume, space north, because that doesn't make any sense in space. <laughs> Galactic yeah, we're gonna, north. We're going to park on the other side of the planet, but don't worry. Are you afraid of a little walk? It's only halfway around the planet. First of all, he navigates to the wrong planet, because that's clearly Yavin. Yeah, there's the shot where you can see the temple. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, no, he was taking the long way around. It's a really long walk from another planet. <laughs> Uh, okay, so now this is this is the point where it gets really weird. <laughs> this is the point. This is the point. Finally, this is the something point. weird happens this is on this, the, this show. This is the point. So, so what happens, and, and I think it's open to interpretation about what exactly happens next, but the Life Day ceremony begins. And in my interpretation, it's like a mental link where everybody who is on... Kish- Kazook, or, or knows a knows a Wookiee, or is in the universe, or is with the Force, or, or is in front of a green screen of any kind, has a mental kind of like connection where they suddenly right. imagine that they are wearing uh, robes from uh, the video game Journey and are wandering. <laughs> I'm just gonna in, go with satanic robes. Let's a, not bring Journey into this. Guys, temple, let's be fair about the robes. In a temple. And everybody is there, which which leads to moments of confusion for viewers where they're like, wait, Han said goodbye and now he's here. It's like, well, no, no, this is like they're all one with the force now, man, or something like that. Because they're all there. Or or as it says in my notes, are they all dead now? Is this like the end of Lost? <laughs> it's, it's not purgatory. <laughs> until until season five, it's not purgatory. Either way, headcanon accepted. <laughs> yeah, so everybody Thank gets you. out their light-up Life Day snow globes, yes. and then somebody turns on the pool light, <laughs> Yep, and then they walk into a big glowing ball, which yes. I guess is the shared hallucination party it's zone. The Life Day Force, uh, yes, channel. Right, which, which I guess, if you're a being that can tune into the Force, you can get into. 
So who the hell let the droids in? They're the first ones in after the Wookiees. They even admit, I wish I had a life so I could celebrate Life Day. Nobody else has snow globes. Happy Life Day from droids who are not alive. <laughs> what? If only I had feelings, says the droid who constantly expresses terror, fear, and anxiety. <laughs> That's, yeah. The droids being in Life Day are like pets being in heaven. They're just there to make the humans feel better. So Luke, Leia, and Han, they bust in on this sacred Wookiee tradition, yeah. right? They're the only humans there that we can see. Right. And the first thing they say, and they say this two or three times, they say, this holiday is yours. Well, what the hell are you doing here then, people? <laughs> Get the hell yes, out of our holiday. So I was saying, why, I, th- I thought we were saved. Why does everybody have to come back? Why? And then, and, and, and then the only thing I wrote in my notes here is, no, Leia, don't sing. It's all, it's all, you know, it's okay, guys. The white folks are here to tell you that this holiday is all for you. (laughs) Well, the hairless folks. It's worse than just Leia singing, though. It's, it's, you've now been made aware of the fact that the classic Star Wars theme was a life day carol all along. No, no, yeah, that's that's the other thing I wrote. How dare they use real Star Wars music? How dare they? Like, (laughs) when they were remixing it and doing little snippets, fine, but they just took the right from the soundtrack, and that's just, I was angry by this point. I was angry that they were all there, I was angry they were all on the stage together, and I was super angry when that music started playing. Yeah, I'm very angry that they're all on the same stage together, because as I keep saying, that meant they could have actually had scenes together. Yes. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure what I saw was everybody walking into space and walking into a star, and yes. that's how they all got <laughs> mm-hmm. there. Uh-huh. That's sure. what's shown. They're climbing aboard the comet, and um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Again. Somewhere there's a whole house full of Wookies under square blankets with Nikes. They have new up tennis shoes on. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Jarvis and the Starship got on the purple comet. They're getting on the white one. Yeah, yeah, well, they, yeah, they're up there with yes. There's a lot of Kool Aid. You don't want to share the, your comets with. I'm glad uh, they could all afford snuggies. Snuggies, though, that just makes <laughs> me feel okay. This is the promise of the Tree of Life. It was really unsettling seeing Wookiees in robes, and I'm assuming that that was simply a cost-saving measure over having that many extras in full-body Wookiee costumes. It's yep. <laughs> like, we're just going to put you in robes, you know. Well, they show them from hat, like 600 feet hat. away. I don't, and from sure the back, even right? Like, I, how right. many of those were even in Wookiee hats? They're those just guys with were... long hair. Yeah. <laughs> Easy to find in 1978. It was Jefferson Starship. I think Rick Wakeman walks in there as well. Nobody knows. My favorite bit about uh, Chewbacca remembering all the great things that happened to him in the course of Star Wars <laughs> is the part where he's like, and there was that part I got a medal. Oh, wait, I didn't no, get a freaking yeah, medal. I, I thought maybe in Life Day he would get a medal, but they didn't even. <laughs> yeah, he could lie to his family. They gave me a medal. Hey, remember when I, wa- when I went in with Luke and Han to that big room? And that was how it ended. <laughs> Let's just not that was, all, that was all that happened there. That that whole scene is bizarre, and and he's staring like really unsettlingly at the camera, and he looks he looks he looks really disturbed. Am I done yet? Am I done? Can I it go home now? It makes sense when you see the whole montage, and you see that he's just rehashing once again the fact that he didn't get a medal, and that, that look on his face is, damn it, I deserved a medal. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget, of course, the part at the end where they must all join hands and partake in a Wookiee seance. Yes, over some scrumptious bantha rump. Well, there was a commercial break after showing them working into the little award ceremony scene. And what was in the commercial? Finally. Star Wars toys. And after yeah. Star Wars toys. Yes. yes. Finally. So sloppy, you'd yeah. think this whole thing would be filled with ads for yeah. Star Wars toys. <laughs> it's now 9.49. Half of the kids have tuned out or gone to bed. It's yeah. time for the well, action figure And the commercial. ad for Star Wars toys is addressed at parents. It's, it's you should buy these toys for your children this oh, holiday the kids season. kids don't have any money. 
Yeah. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> kids. <laughs> that's not how it works. The kids go, oh, I really need this toy. But that's We've no... just given you an hour and 45 minutes of reasons <laughs> why your children should not, not be watching Star Wars. <laughs> so this is what your kids are into, apparently. We don't get it either. <laughs> if, you're still st- if you're still stupid enough to be here, we have some things we'd like to sell you. Oh, my God. But man, I have a craving for Hungry Jack biscuits right Hungry now. Jack. Ooh, those I, did I thought the Hungry, Hungry Jack ad was actually pretty, like, they all kind of like Mad Men style ads. Like, I thought there was something to them, you know? Like, at least they were competent. It was like, you know, my Hungry Jack, I bet, I bet you have one, too. In the refrigerated dough aisle. They did, they did that Hungry Jack bit, like, at least 20 different ads. They did the Fruit of the Loom guys in how many variations? I mean, they, they were built to last. Also, there's a wine ad in there, too. Yeah. Even oh, that, that one one's was just like, creepy. Don't try to impress your friends. Just just drink the wine that you like. You like box wine? Fine. So Go for it. I found, I found the uh, Fruit of the Loom ad really bittersweet because it's like, well, I'm very old and about to die. My husband's already <laughs> dead. Already but when dead. he was alive, he really liked Fruit of the Loom. Fortunately, <laughs> I'm not alone. I still have a pair of his underpants and these fruit men. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still talking about his underwear to complete strangers. And then she grabs a grape right off him. <laughs> and yeah, she rips a grape right off him. <laughs> and it's not and a then grape. You touch, then you cut to her in the actual chair, and she's just all alone, smiling, holding a pair of underpants from her dead husband. <laughs> also, those fruits are really happy. Like, they're cackling up a storm. Well, she's remembering happier times, and they remind her of that. She's got like a little shrine to her dead husband on the side table too. Yes, and his with a couple of pairs and of underwear. underwear. Yeah. So who is the colony wine ad aimed at? People who do photography at home, who fancy themselves as kind of a ladies' man, but who don't want to impress other people with fancy wines. When you when you're mixing the chemicals in your dark room and then immediately go outside and pour wine, I think that's unsanitary. Well, the nice thing about colony wine is it can also be used as a stop bath. So, 1978 was all about unsanitary. I, I really, I really feel like they should have put the wine ad before the ad advertising buy your kids. Star Wars toys because that would really have loosened those the parents up. <laughs> Can't get drunk on a wine ad. In case your kids haven't already been begging you for a year for Star Wars toys. After that commercial, Stephen was begging me for Star Wars toys. <laughs> <laughs> I had all those toys. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I only I had, only I had at least of half of them. Yeah. I had all the toys through Empire Strikes Back, and then my mother gave them away to a church rummage sale. Wow. You even had the ad ad because that was the big one. I had the X wing, and I had a I had I had stormtrooper. I got a land speeder for learning to ride a bike. Oh. So I have the original TIE fighter about six feet from me right now. So they all join hands around the table. Yep. And their, uh, their sacred snow globes day. are now the centerpiece of their holiday meal. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, we we missed a very important point, which is they play the Star Wars theme and Carrie Fisher sings an incomprehensible theme as counterpoint to the actual <laughs> Star Wars theme song. That's terrible. I heard that that I heard that it was so terrible. I think it was talked up as being really bad, and I mean it wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad as I was led to believe. I'm with you, Erica. So I thought it was all right because it was a counterpoint. To the theme. I thought going in that she was going to be like, we're here, celebrate life day, right? Yeah. But it was not. She didn't no. do that. It was, she was singing like a little counterpoint to we the actual theme. It was slightly less bad. a day of peace. But she did, she stayed in key. Harmony. Everybody knows that the words to the theme song are, Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a day of joy we all can share. Together joyously. 
Come on, everybody, join in. It's life. Nope. <laughs> nope. That was very nope. Yoda-like. Not happening. The terrible thing wasn't the song itself. It was the fact that Princess Leia appeared and they made her sing a song. Yeah. That was the terrible yes. thing. And that she had no idea she was there singing that song. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> she was the lucky one. Yeah. <laughs> was she, John? Was she? Carrie Fisher's memoirs may completely leave out 1978 and 1979. <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so. Oh, and uh, and with the Wookiee family sitting around the feast table with their centerpiece of their space telepathy globe things, um, <laughs> that's the end of the Star Wars Holiday Special. And then the credits Yay! roll very quickly. Yes. But, and they already fixed the railing in the matte painting or the yeah. concept art painting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, a life day miracle. It, uh, art Carney. <laughs> Uh, took care of that too. He takes care of everything. It, it's fine. Just, Art Carney was also wearing a pretty sweet coat at the end. I was I was very impressed by that. He took that off of yeah, the that dead, was a nice uh, coat. imperial guy. Yeah. <laughs> Art Carney got out there with his groomer and he replaced the railing with that. <laughs> Did Art Carney get to go to Magical Life Day Land? With he was not in Magical Life. No. He's he's, he's agnostic. He's not been saved. He's, he's, <laughs> he's going to Wookie Hell. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> he's celebrating Death Day. Oh, no. It's a terrible twist at the end. Poor Art Carney. <laughs> the droids get to go, though. <laughs> well, yes. All Happy droids day go to all those of us who are not the alive. space ball. They need somebody to clean up the place. <laughs> and with that, we say never again. <laughs> so, uh, what, what have we learned? <laughs> <laughs> wow. 1978 was a horrible, horrible place. We learned that Jason is terrible and yeah, Jason, you makes us yep. do terrible things. Yep. You burned a lot of trust, Jason. Yep. <laughs> this is the last episode of The Incomparable. Yep. Well, you know, we had a good run. I like to think, Jason, that the, the last four years have just been like you punking us to lead up to this. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's the long con. I wonder if I can sucker all my friends into making a four-year-long podcast that culminates with us watching yep. the Star Wars holiday yep. special. It's over now. <laughs> this podcast is over. All the, the, the 226 previous episodes were just to lead up to this moment. Long con. I, that, is, that is brilliant. Gotcha. It's brilliant. You have my appreciation. <laughs> I hadn't seen the whole thing either, by the way. I had only Neither seen about the I. first 20, 25 minutes, and I had to bail. I just couldn't bear it. So this no, was you my can't. first time. I, I couldn't do this in one sitting either. Like like the prequels, I had to split it up. No, we, had two, oh, wow. we had two sittings for this. You yeah. either split it up or you get really wasted. <laughs> I did neither of those things, and yeah, it was it was tough. I almost fell asleep. If somebody does want to watch this, I do want to recommend the Rift Tracks. They, they have it. It's, you can actually, of dubious legality, but you can actually buy it from them with the video on demand of the pirated video and it's uh it's really funny but even then you can't uh watch the whole thing in one sitting without without oh dying. i don't have that problem i'm t- i watched the whole thing in one oh. sitting but part partly that was just to watch the kids watching it i mean that was highly amusing you show this to your children yeah i know i know services. child services are coming so i had to get it i had to finish it before before we did the podcast so i watched it straight through oh Oh, damn. I See? also watched it straight See? through oh, I'm today. so, so sorry. Yeah, it's, I did it's too much. It's so, it's so long. It just goes on it and does, on. It does. <laughs> it does. It is soporific at times. I've seen worse things than this. <laughs> of course you have, Monty. You shop at the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> Monty, I tried to find some of the movies that you have, have used in your, your collection and because they sounded legitimately interesting and they were not DVDs that I could get. Every fifth one he makes up. That's a secret. <laughs> you got to go to the gas station, man. That's where they're at. There's a they're listed. They're just, they're all out of print and they're not, you know, none of them are available in streaming and, you know. Well, that's because of the magic of a real video store, which we still have in Seattle and nowhere oh else. 
Well, I mean, I, I will say I, I saw this when it originally aired. Amazing. And then after I bought the VHS back in 96 and I sat down and watched it. And, and all through it that time, I was going, oh, my God, I didn't imagine that. Oh, my God, they really did. <laughs> yeah. every, every segment, it was sort of like, what else is coming? And then, it, you know, and so, yeah, I remembered it all. And so then so this time I watched the Riff Tracks version, which is much more enjoyable. I have a friend who had watched it when he was eight, and he hasn't rewatched it since then because he actually remembers it as being good. <laughs> doesn't want to see it ruined. I'm like, crazy. don't, just don't do yeah, it. Yeah, don't do that. He's don't remembering those great commercials. By my back of the envelope math here, you could have watched the Force Awakens trailer uh, about <laughs> 82 times instead of watching. <laughs> Much this. better use of your just or, or listen to one podcast about it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, like the Flophouse, you should not watch the movie no. or the TV special. If you listen to this, you can listen to this podcast just fine without seeing it. Jason, if you do some careful editing, this could be exactly the same length as the thing and we can release it as a commentary track. <laughs> we are not we are not in sync that well, but no. Uh, <laughs> nor, nor yeah, they, we be, nor they spend they. way more time on B. Arthur than we did. But we're much more entertaining. I do not have a problem getting through this with the riff tracks at all. I watch this every year uh, around Christmas time. Oh, or, explains a lot. Or Thanksgiving time. <laughs> Thanksgiving time. Or Life Day. And life it's day. A, you know, yeah. Life Day time, whichever Life Day time. Yeah, is, I, think, I think I will watch it on November 17th this year because that's also my oldest son's birthday. So yeah. it's, it's the, he's proud that that's Life Day and then he's ashamed. I hear, I hear next year, Life Day and Thanksgiving are going to be on the same day. That's good. So, so you guys are, are scheduling this to, to watch this every year or something, and I think I'm going to throw my computer out now. <laughs> November 17th is a weird time to release a holiday special. That was a week before Thanksgiving in 1978. That's the holidays. It's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not. Even now, with holiday creep, it's not holiday time yet. Well, it's okay because this had nothing to do with any holiday that anyone like. I mean, Life Day is the most non-denominational, made-up BS, barely even religious, and it's there's nothing Christmassy. In it. More so than Christmas. Hot take. It's terrible when you go into a store right after Halloween and they already have their Life Day decorations up. That's the worst. I know. No, no, no. The worst is having your birthday on Life Day because then people just keep getting you one present for both your birthday and Life Day. They just keep giving you orbs. A groomer every year. orbs? Laser hair Groomers and hologram. If you you think of this as being just basically a ploy to get you to that commercial at the end where they want to sell you action figures, then it makes perfect sense. Long way to go for that. You got a month and a week. To buy your action figures before Christmas. I was eight years old when this came out. I was pre-sold on the toys. Yeah, really. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think you yeah, need that's to the sell thing. Did this that. did this grow anybody's love for Star Wars? I'm guessing no. 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 But it probably way. diminished a good number. It did not of grow anyone's love before. or understanding of what no, Star Wars. Yeah. Is. <laughs> All we had was the one movie, right? And and it is amazing to think of that that this was the thing. Like you could wait and it's like, wow, this is the first Star Wars we're going to get uh, since the movie, and then this was what you got. You didn't get Star Wars, that's for sure. There were probably a few people who were incredibly high, possibly on acid, who discovered <laughs> Star Wars this way and ended up really loving it. But I think they were in the minority. Yeah, and then they passed away very soon there. <laughs> I I think you overestimate the mind-altering capabilities of acid. <laughs> you think people watch this and thought, when they, when they do the sequel, Empire Strikes Back, Chewie's family will be in that, right? Yeah. Nope. Well, apparently the idea was that uh, Fox said three years is too long to wait. We have to get some kind of Star Wars product out there. And so this that was the initial impulse. Right. And then uh, apparently Lucas kind of in the back of his head supposedly saw this as, well, it could be the pilot for a TV version, which would be great. Yeah. And then, well, he, then he saw Arthur. what they did with it. 
And uh, <laughs> then what he, when, when they saw what he did with it, uh, he took his name off it. His name is not in there anywhere. So here's my here's a legitimate question, and this is something that Lauren brought up while we were watching, which is, okay, you are uh, the person who asked to produce the Star Wars Holiday Special. How would you do it? How would you do it? Is there is there something that you could do here that would make something that is not a complete disaster? You've got the main cast for two scenes. That's all you can do with them. I would say don't take the main cast. Do like, uh, what do you call it? What was the, uh, Dan, help me out, the, the Ewok special? Ewok uh, Adventure. Movies. Ewok Adventure. Caravan of Courage. Right. So both of those were Star Warsy enough. No main cast, settings from a movie, uh, and it's TV specials, and it satisfies your need for something Star Wars ish. Yeah. And it's well, you, you can of... keep the main cast, but you got to you got to center your show on a new character. Yes, who then can well, he, he can encounter the main cast at various points. Well, throughout. Lumpy is a main a new yeah. character, but right. but there's no story. You can't do it. You can't do a variety show. Let's just say that you cannot yeah. do a variety show. That's Star a good, Wars a good is place not to a start. Show. I would just incorporate more characters who spoke the English language. Uh. <laughs> Here, mm-hmm. Here's what I would do: Space Cheers. It's set in the <laughs> yes. cantina, and a half hour in, we cut to the movie when Luke and Ben walk into the cantina. And suddenly the the, uh, the cinematography gets way better. Right. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> run that those scenes until those guys leave. People go, wow, that was weird that a guy got his arm cut off in the middle of this variety and special. And another guy got shot. <laughs> He'll right. never dance with B. Arthur again. Sorry for the mess. And back to TV. And then the cantina band's done, and somebody else comes on, does a little space stand-up. No problem. Well, even in there, you, and yeah, you could have the cantina band as the backing band for a musical number. Keep playing that same song same over song. and over again. Yeah. As long as yeah. we still get B. Arthur singing, I'm totally on board with Monty's idea. And most importantly, you can keep Harvey Corman's head hole, which I think is the most important part. <laughs> yeah. That's right. What about a variety show set entirely in Jabba the Hutt's palace? Ah. So I, I am um, the best I came up with was that you have some sort of young, uh, a young, uh, you know, teenager or something who needs to get home for. Uh, life day or whatever and he he has to make his way through like rebel uh you know or empire like identity checks and things like that and then rebel uh things maybe he gets has to get smuggled aboard the millennium falcon you reuse some footage uh <laughs> you get your you get your uh and, and then he has to go like luke has to help him with something and leia has to he meets our friends along the way and in the end after uh, again a half an hour a half an hour he gets home and isn't that great? And he had a lot of help, and now he's going to join the rebellion or something like that. I mean, that. that but again, a, st- a, a new character who speaks English <laughs> would be helpful for that story. I think. Hey, but no I cartoon. guess we can kind of be glad that they didn't do it. They didn't do actual Christmas. Like, like they did. Li- oh, Life yeah. Day is lame. Life Day is ridiculous. But let's somehow they dodged the bullet of doing actual Christmas, which pro- somebody probably yeah. would should have would have brought up and said, "Let's do Christmas." I guess because Lucas was involved, he had enough sense to not do that yeah life day was in his original outline because he said it's a long time ago it's way before that so no let me tell you what christmas is really about charlie brown (laughs) 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 yep 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 solid (laughs) (laughs) all right lights please well uh i think that wraps it up yeah. Happy Life Day, everybody. <laughs> and I would like to thank my guests for watching this. I, I really, I owe them more <laughs> than And we'd one. like to thank you for making us. Yes. <laughs> and then a shot rings out. <laughs> a mutiny. Yeah, yeah. Dan Morin, thank you very much for watching this. Onward to episode three. 
Yeah, I got to go watch Attack of the Clones as a palate cleanser. Wow. Ouch. Uh, David Lore, thank you. Good night, my friend, but not goodbye. Not goodbye, no. Oh. Not goodbye. <laughs> Erica Ensign, thank you for watching this, and uh, I hope you had a, a lovely time doing it. <laughs> as I said, I really think that, that this brought Stephen and I closer together, so so thank you for, for strengthening our marriage. Oh, that's good. Great. Yeah, okay. Tony Sindelar, thank you. Happy life day, Jason. <laughs> he said, a beaten man. <laughs> Steve Lutz, thank you. It's been a delight, Jason. This, this I think, is the promise of the Tree of Life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just a little whisper of Chelcho for yeah, you sure. on this life day. Monty Ashley, thank you. I really enjoyed this when I watched it in the mid-90s on a terrible bootleg VHS. Think back to those times. Not in 1978 and not now, but then. <laughs> okay. That was the sweet spot. That was the sweet spot. Mid-90s. And John Syracuse, I kind of can't believe that you actually did it. Thank you. I didn't want to hit my unbroken streak of being on all the Star Wars episodes, but suddenly I don't feel bad at all for assigning you 26 episodes of anime. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. No. Think of it as a cleansing. You better watch every single one of those. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in Japanese. In Japanese. What's up, Dottles? You, you got it. Got it. All right. And thanks to everybody out there for listening. Happy Life Day to all. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>